So as I was saying, you can't take players from now and put them in the 90s. It doesn't work that way, Kev. Things got a little heated to close out the show. Yes, I noticed. You want to know what it was? I didn't eat lunch yesterday. You were hangry? I guess. Because, like, we had a good thing going through. We had three. I mean, we were back and forth. We disagreed on some stuff. I acted like an adult for most of it. Until, and then I just couldn't take it at the end. So here we are. So, all right, everybody, welcome back. <laughs> it's the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash right here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. we got a lot to get into. Something I wanted to do yesterday that we just didn't have the time to do. Um, we're going to take a look at the quarterbacks, the eight remaining quarterbacks in the NFL playoffs, and rank them from the best quarterback in the playoffs to the worst quarterback in the playoffs. And, of course, as usual, Kevin and I defer on these things, which is fine. I never like doing, I will never ever be a fan of a show where both guys agree on everything. I think that's boring. I think it's a waste of time. It's here's what I think. Oh, cool. I agree with you. All right. On to the next thing. Right. Um, so yeah. So there's that. But anyways, uh, we'll get into that coming up here around the corner, but I want to open up with this. One of my favorite saying in sports is every team, every fan base, every program, um, Everyone has this this sense of pride for the school that they go to. And mm-hmm. they always think that their school is better than any other school out there, and rightfully so. I mean, a lot of times when you go to a college, you are investing not just your time, you're investing some of the funnest years of your life there, and most you know, importantly, you're investing a lot of damn money that at the time you just think, ah, I'll deal with that later, and then when later gets here, it's like, man, was was all that beer and was all that night out partying and was all that eight years of college and not even being a doctor worth it? I mean, but you got you to ask yourself all this. But we all believe that our school is special and that every other school just, it, it'll never hold up. And that's great. You should feel that way. If you were going to go into debt to go to college, yes, for the education, but you might as well have an experience that is going to stick with you for a lifetime. Now, I'm not here to have this some little corny PSA for you for the next 20 minutes, but here's the deal. My favorite saying in sports, once a blank, always a blank. Believe it or not, even that little all right state, there are people that say that. I don't really say that. I'm just saying, but like, you know, but there are once a flyer, always a flyer. Mm-hmm. Once a once a bear cat, always a bear cat. And my favorite, once a buckeye. Always a buckeye. Always a buckeye. Unless you're Tate Martell. Now, we might be able to add somebody else into that mix. Um, we There have been rumors. Like, I don't know why today people just all of a sudden woke up and decided to pay attention to these rumors of Urban Meyer going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know. Like, this is the concern I have. I do believe that we have a sense in this in, in this country to be to be lured into a cult-like mentality where we just believe everything that we're told because we just love this certain entity. We love the Buckeyes, so anything that they tell us, we got to believe. Flyer fans do that with the with the, you know with UD here in town. Oh well, you know, who, I mean, some some player randomly leaves two straight years at the end of December, and we know what it probably is, but we're just going to believe the school and what they tell us because we believe in that school and blah blah. We see it all the time, and if we always take them on their word, Urban Meyer says he's never going to coach again. Oh, I believe him. His health. His, I believe that his health is still probably an issue or is still a concern. I should say, but I never believed him when he said he was never going to coach again. And I guess the masses of Buckeye fans believe that he was not going to coach again. And it sounds like he is 95% going to coach this Jacksonville Jaguars team. They are working on the final details to be able to pull this off. So the the interesting thing is, and Don Roberts says, uh, Mark Schlemmers seems to have the insights. Don, it's not an inside scoop. It's a very obvious scoop. So <laughs> I know what you're saying, but it's a very obvious scoop. Uh, but anyways, that's besides the point. Uh, my, my thinking on this is this. When it comes to Urban Meyer and it comes, is that coming into our driveway, parking lot, by the way? Because I know it's a radio station and they don't even put you know soundproof windows in our studio, which <laughs> makes no damn sense. But anyways, that's, that's a conversation for later. So anyways, Urban Meyer going to curse the Jaguars. It's been talked about for a long time, right? Like it's been talked about for a long time. I don't know why today Buckeye fans decided to all of a sudden get angry. 
wait, what? He is going to coach again? He said he was never going to coach again. He said he had health issues. Where have you been this last couple months? This is all that's been talked about. Every, I mean, you know, I remember when the Texas job and the Texas rumors were circulating. Oh, there's no way he takes that job. Why is there no way he takes that job? I mean, he didn't. Right. But why was there no way that Urban Meyer was going to take that job? Why, was, why would be, there be no way that he would take the USC job? I, I think that he's very calculating in the decisions that he makes, and that's what makes Urban, uh, you, you know, that's what's made him so great up to this point, and I think he's going to be great in the NFL. We're talking as if he has signed on the dotted line that he is going to be with the Jaguars, but it sounds like that's the only thing that's missing from this actually happening. Uh, you know, they're dotting some I's and crossing some T's at this point, but apparently Kev Urban Meyer has some Buckeye fans, and my favorite, the chat boards. Chat boards are losing their minds. Buckeye fans losing their minds. They're upset with Urban Meyer. They're upset. Why? Because they're concerned about him not plucking players. Who cares about the players? The coaches. They're concerned. Do you think Urban Meyer, with no NFL coaching experience, is going to surround himself with nothing but college personnel? Mm. No. Urban Meyer is going to do everything he can in the NFL to surround himself with NFL minds. Um, you know, I hear people say this all the time. Urban Meyer, I don't think he's going to make it in the NFL. He's not really an offensive mind. Well, do you think that it's Bill Belichick writing up all these offensive schemes that led to Tom Brady being as successful he was for those two decades? You know what I mean? Like, you know, Andy Reid with the Kansas City Chiefs, he's writing up and designing a lot of those plays. So is Eric Bieniemy. That's a tag team effort. But I promise you, Bien-Aimé, most times when you have an offensive coordinator like Bieniemy, a lot of times it's usually with the coach that they don't have an offensive mind. You know, if you have a defensive-minded head coach, you're usually going to go and get an offensive-minded individual to help run your offense. So Urban Meyer doesn't have to be a genius when it comes to running an NFL-schemed offense. He knows football like the back of his hand, and he's going to find an offensive-minded offensive coordinator, uh, you know, up-to-date with the current scheme. So I don't see him plucking anyone from Ohio State. I don't know why he would look. I mean, maybe the strength and conditioning coordinator, maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, but I have no clue why all of a sudden today Buckeye fans have turned on Urban Meyer. And there's some out there that aren't turning on him, and you're probably saying, don't accuse me. But it's amazing. If you go to social media, how many people are just ripping Urban Meyer right now? And I have no clue why. Because it's, I, I would it be more mad if he took a college job. Yes. If he took the Texas job, I would understand why people are mad, because he's a threat. Urban Meyer on the recruiting trail, I'm sorry, I don't care what anybody says. Ryan Day, you're going to lose more than you're going to win. Urban Meyer will out-recruit Ryan Day, no doubt about it. Um, because what's helping Ohio State right now is the foundation that Urban laid. I'm not saying Ohio State was nothing before he got there, but Ohio State is this. It, there's a new shine to it still, and that new shine started because of Urban Meyer kind of changing the way people looked at the program, which the program wasn't in bad shape. Right. They were still in multiple national title games in the 2000s, but it was just the way that they presented the offense now. It was the way that they attacked teams, the way they recruited. It was a mindset that was different. So Urban Meyer in the NFL is not a threat to Ohio State. It's not. A, he's not a threat to the Buckeye coaches. He's not a threat to the fans, to the players, nothing. If anything, you should be pulling for Urban Meyer because this is what's going to separate Urban Meyer from a Nick Saban and some of the other NFL college great coaches who couldn't pull it off in the NFL. I'm looking forward to it if they finally pull this off. Yeah, people are talking about Urban Meyer. Why would he go to the NFL? $12 million, that's why. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he has still has the health issues and everything like that, but, you know, he said, make it worth my while. They came with $12 million. He said, hey, guess what, Shelly? We're going to Jacksonville. And that's how it's going to roll. And that's how it's always going to well, roll. To be fair, he's already in Jacksonville. He has a house there. Right. Like, like So it's not you know, it's not really a big transition. So, for like you said, if he was taking another coaching job in college, that's a bigger threat to Ohio State. Not only with recruiting, but plucking coaches from Ohio State, like a Mick Mariotti who was with him at uh, Florida. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that and plucking other coaches. So I don't necessarily think he's going to be like he's out to get Ohio State. Like, oh, they they made me go into early retirement. Now I'm going to 
pluck their coaching staff and send them on a crater. Look, man, let's just say, let's say for argument's sakes, that all right, Urban Meyer takes the job in Jacksonville and he decides, you know, hey, I want to grab some coaches, and some of them happen to be from Ohio State. You think that Ohio State can't replace those coaches with other great coaches? It's Ohio State. That's what they do. Coaches get plucked all the time. The, the coach that just left. Sarkeesian. Uh, yeah, like, uh, what's Buddy that's the head coach at Boston College now? Oh, Halfley. Halfley, yeah. Yep. He can't. He was at Ohio State for a year. We didn't get mad at him. Yeah, he, he bounced. He's a head coach now, and they replaced him. That's what Ohio State does. Remember the year after they won a the national championship, the offense was in disarray? Guess what? They got rid of those dudes because the offense wasn't working, and they got a new offensive coordinator. And, and boom, Tom the Herman's gone. Took, yeah. Tom Herman left. Tom, you know? <laughs> like they're going to replace guys because it is it's the it's the program. It's not one guy. One guy doesn't make the program. A program makes the program. It's the sum of its parts. So I wouldn't be worried about it. I would be happy for Urban Meyer if he went and took the Jacksonville Jaguars job, and it's looking like they're going to finalize that deal before the end of the weekend. $12 million. Where do I sign? Yeah, can, but I, can I be a part of the coaching staff? About an hour ago, 24-7 Sports reports that Mickey Mariotti will stay at Ohio State as Urban Meyer eyes Buckeyes coaches for potential Jaguars staff. Now, I haven't, I haven't taken a deep dive into this, uh, you know, article in regards to, you know, some of these guys that could go, but let's be honest. Kerry Combs, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And so be it. I mean, it was great to get him back, but of course it's funny how quickly people turn on him because people are furious at him because look, the <laughs> secondary, I mean, you're not going to be great at every position every single season. They took a step back in the secondary. They're blaming him. Um, so, of course, you know, I, I could see him potentially going. I mean, Brian Hartline interests me, too. But yes. Brian Hartline I don't see going to the NFL because Brian Hartline, in my opinion, is on the fast track to being a college football coach. Um, mm. I, I could, I, I really do. I mean, the way he's recruiting, mainly because of the recruiting. I think he was named top recruiter. He was listed yeah. as top recruiter uh, this past season or one of them. So, if, if Hartline keeps on that pace, he is going to get a head coaching job uh, at a mid-tier school very, very quickly, despite how young he is, mainly because of his NFL, I mean, his playing days, his NFL experience, uh, you know, the, his, you know, and then recruiting's everything. When you can recruit, hell, that's what got Tom Herman the hell out of there quickly. Tom Herman recruited well at Houston. He got them on the map, then goes to Texas, struggled, and, you know, you never know how that's always going to pan out when you get to the bigger programs. But I, I would be interested to see how that would work as well. Sidebar, uh, Marcus Freeman. Former DC, at UC, former Buckeye, now DC at Notre Dame. So, like, those are the things that like interesting me very much. You see guys like Marcus Freeman moving up the coaching ranks, and then you talk about the Ohio State guys. Like, they're going to link up. Like, I also saw that uh, Mike Hart, former Went Michigan back to, running yeah. back. He's now the running back coach at Michigan. He and I like that. Indiana. I don't compliment them often. I like that. I like that he went back to his alma mater. So I think that's like, what they're all like, about. Like, you got to think, man. These guys really aren't. I mean, obviously, they're not old at all, but, like, this is how it starts, and this is how programs start to build. And then once one of those guys get their head coaching spot, they're all going to team up. That's how it always works. Like, guys of a liking age that play together and like what the other one is doing, when the guy gets his shot, he's going to dial these younger guys up that are killing it on the recruiting ranks. Like, Marcus Freeman was killing it in recruiting down at UC. Obviously, Ohio State is killing it with wide receiver recruiting. He's going to dial him up. He's going to dial up his Buckeye brother and say, hey, man, I'll let you run the offense. Let's go. So those are the things to be weary of in the future for Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, look, if I'm Urban Meyer, I'm not looking. But the thing is, if I'm Urban Meyer, I'm not swimming in the college ranks right now. Like, I don't care. I mean, Urban's going to have the respect of that locker room. I think Urban's going to be great in the NFL, to be honest with you. 
Um, I, I think that he's going to be able to win early in Jacksonville. Now, I don't know what the ceiling is for Urban because I don't want to do with Jacksonville what I accuse other people of doing with Cleveland, where we can't get the bad brand out of our out of our way. Where oh, Jacksonville, he's not going to win there. Well, people said, oh, there's, why go to Cleveland? You're not going to win there. They're in the playoffs. They're winning now. They have good momentum moving forward. Their you know rosters. You could you just got to get stability in mm-hmm. the NFL. It's all about stability. Talent, you know, you don't. Have, it's not about talent. Talent, it's about you know getting your stability. Once you have your stability, then the talent comes after. You don't have stability. Talent is a waste. Look at last year's Cleveland Browns team. You had Freddie freaking Kitchens. You had no stability. The talent meant absolutely nothing. You get stability from Kevin Stefanski. Boom! All of a sudden, everything just gelled and clicked. Okay, they made a couple of piece, you know, changes in the offseason. But the point is, you see, you know, the main core was the same as last year. You get stability as an adult as a head coach, and all of a sudden, everything comes together. Urban Meyer is going to do that for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, someone, I think it was Don uh, Don Roberts. He just asked, uh, I think where to go. He asked about, oh, will he draft Justin Fields? No, he should not draft Justin Fields unless Fields all of a sudden, like, you know, the combine's great and he feels, you know, a million percent confident. But I don't think Urban Meyer's going to take a chance. I think the safe pick is Trevor Lawrence at this point, and I think that's what he's ultimately going to end up doing. But that's that's ways off in the distance. But my point is, is I don't swim in the college ranks. I don't bring my Buckeye brother in with me to go into the NFL. I make sure I surround myself with NFL coordinators, with guys in the NFL now who know the game now. Because Urban knows football. Mm-hmm. Urban knows how to lead men. Urban knows how to communicate. Urban, it's still going to be new. He is still going to be a rookie head coach. I don't care what he's 50-plus years old. He has a ton of experience, won multiple national championships, two different programs. He's won everywhere he has gone. But it's still the NFL. He's new to the NFL, and I think right. he needs to surround himself with NFL guys. Not, oh, well, I miss my brothers from back when I was at Utah and Bowling Green and Florida. And, no. Charlie Strong, although, uh, by the way, in, in no Ohio State tie there, but Charlie Strong, you know, from their days at Florida, mm-hmm. is rumored to be at one that's going to be potentially going, joining his coaching staff as well. I can see that. Kerry Combs wouldn't bother me either. Yeah, he has NFL coaching experience. Um, to the point about oh, him drafting Justin Fields, like I'll say the same thing I said about the Bengals with the wide receiver situation. You do your due diligence and you figure out what's the best fit for your team. You don't draft somebody just because they went to your school. This is the NFL, man. Like, when you go play pickup basketball, you don't just get your buddy just because. You trying to win out there or not. You know what I'm saying? You I've lost just- friends because of that. <laughs> So I'm you, you do your due diligence. If you think Fields is the best fit for what you're trying to accomplish, then you do that. But you just don't go into it saying like, all right, now that I'm here, all the Buckeyes are just going to have an automatic walk in the park to come to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're going to be the Jacksonville Buckeyes. No, that's not how it works, man. Like you do your due diligence and you make the correct call and whatever that correct call that you make for your organization, you roll with it. All right. And, and four, five, I mean, I'm curious people's thoughts on this. Four, five, seven, nine, four, six, four. We should be happy. Why? Why are we? Why are people angry? Like I think this is great for Urban Meyer. Um, I always make sure I say this because I never want people to think I'm stealing content from uh, Colin Cowher. I was listening to Colin's show earlier. He brought up a good point. He's 50 years old. What do you expect him to do? Play golf for 30 years? <laughs> you know, like people are like, oh, I can't wait to have, you know, in your 50s, 60s, you can retire. That's, I mean, it's not young, but it's not. Oh, I mean, there's a lot of life ahead. Of, yeah. Why? Why would Urban? Meyer, I mean, is Urban Meyer just going to golf for the next thirty years? Which, by the way, at thirty years old right now, that sounds like a, an amazing life just to golf for the next thirty. But a guy that's done as much as he has, he's not just going to be a golfer for the next thirty years and just you know work on a couple Saturdays a year on Fox Sports Game Day or whatever the hell they call it over there. So now I, I think that this makes a lot of sense. I think it's an opportunity too. By the way, the, a legacy thing. You want to talk about? I mean, that if you look at what Pete Carroll's doing with Seattle. 
he left college on bad terms. I mean, in disarray. In fact, he left college in worse situation than Urban. I don't even think Urban left on that bad. I mean, it was not the storybook ending to his run in Columbus the way we thought it was going to be. He at least got to win his last game. They got to win a Rose Bowl. You know, it was just a hectic season, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Urban didn't leave college the way that we saw Pete Carroll do it. Urban Meyer, if he wants to go back to college, he'll be welcomed with open arms by some programs, apparently, because I guess at USC, that's not the case. And then you look at the fact that, you know, I, I don't know, what, what would the market for Pete Carroll be in college? He's roof. old. You still think he can come back and people yep. will line up to get him? Even yep. as dirty as he is? Yep, because he is dirty, because he'll get it done. And you know what? <laughs> he'll get you, that's he'll get you what you want. You want to win championships, he'll get you that. You'll worry about the consequences See, later. And that's Urban's problem. Like, Pete Carroll is dirty for recruiting stuff for for bending rules to get players in the in the in the program urban's off the field issues just they just felt dirty they just felt wrong like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's just weird but like you look at urban and i'm like he just seems like such a just a cruel dude like i i i you know was critical of urban you know at times obviously throughout his tenure in columbus but i never once thought he wasn't a great coach of course he's a great coach right. i think he's gonna be great in the nfl i think he's a good fit for him but buckeye fans i want to hear from you at four five seven nine four six four this is a good thing you should be happy why are so many buckeye fans angry that urban meyer is going to the nfl vincent waller on facebook says uh, that he thinks kevin wilt that's a great that's i like that he thinks kevin wilson will be a coach that urban meyer plucks from ohio state kevin wilson is one of those where that was such a big acquisition years and years and years mm-hmm. ago. And then you had Kevin Wilson and Ryan Day. Right. The NFL almost got – Ryan Day almost left. Ryan Day was a hot commodity. The Remember, Ohio State gave him a huge raise yeah. to be co-offensive coordinator, which I thought was foolish. I was like, who, why do you do – I hate when teams do that. Why do you do a co-offensive coordinator? But obviously, the play, you know they really liked Ryan Day, which Ryan Day's mind and attention has always shifted towards the NFL at times. Let's not forget about that. I don't think that's going to be the situation here, but I do think that's interesting. You know, Wilson was looked at as the guy years ago, and then you bring in Ryan Day, made him co-offensive coordinator, and then kind of go from there. So we'll see. But Buckeye fans, I want to hear from you on that. Are you angry that Urban Meyer is going to the Jaguars? You shouldn't be. I'm not. I'm surprised that this many people are upset about it. We'll be back in a moment. For DIY projects, you know the Home Depot is always in your corner. Now with our mobile app, it can also be in the palm of your hand. With digital tools like image search, snap a picture of something, it'll recognize it and serve up product suggestions in seconds. And our product locator will check availability and lead you right to it. The Home Depot mobile app. Download it today to get started. Only from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. It's time for some straight talk. Look, we all drop our phones. It happens. You fumble it, crack it, splash it. Well, Straight Talk Wireless now offers this new Platinum Unlimited plan that includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and data. Plus 20... Ball fans, the Sunday Morning Tailgate Show is officially back. Every Sunday morning, starting at 11.30 a.m., College Football Hall of Famer Keith Byers and Justin Kinner will be live at Frickers on 741 by the Dayton Mall. The guys will recap the biggest games from College Football Saturday, including your Ohio State Buckeyes. The guys will also get you set up for the day's...
right, everybody, we welcome you back. 457-9464. That's the number to call in and join in on the conversation. The conversation we're having right now is uh, I was surprised. Uh, I was not surprised at all that today that the momentum really picked up, that the, I guess Urban Meyer, the Jacksonville Jaguars, are very close to finalizing a deal that's going to make him their next head coach. Um, Urban Meyer, of course, retired a few years ago, and, and every time he was asked about, you know, do you believe you've coached your last game? He goes, I believe I've coached my last game. It's a weird way to answer a question. <laughs> uh, Urban, is this your last game? I believe it's my last game. Open in. Uh, yeah, I've always said that if uh, you know if your girl ever comes to you and says, "Hey, did, did you cheat on me?" and you say, "I believe I didn't cheat on you," I, I, let, let me know how that goes. I believe I've been faithful. Yeah, I believe I've been faithful. <laughs> I mean, because what that says is, you know, for what I, my opinion and my, you know, in my, you know, I don't know, my idea of what cheating is might be different than yours. So I believe I haven't done anything wrong, right? That's Urban Meyer trying to get one over on us for a third time now. Uh, but no, I was very surprised to learn that. So many Buckeye fans have been fired up. Oh, I knew it. I knew he was going to do that. I knew he wasn't sick. No, I do believe he has health issues. I also believe he's a guy that's, what, in his 50s? Yeah. He's retired. And I heard Colin Cowherd earlier today bring up a good point. He's retired in his 50s. What do, old, what do retired people do? They golf. You're going to golf for 30 more years of your life? No. We should have always known that there was going to be at least one more run left in him in some capacity. And you also have coaches way older than him that are, I mean, uh, was it Pete Carroll that just signed a five-year extension with mm-hmm. the with the Seahawks? Uh, if you look at Nick Saban, he's going strong. Nick Saban's not slowing down. He's only picking back up. He just says his best recruiting class ever is coming in. And if you want, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, that might have been his best recruiting class from the 2017 one that he just won a national championship with or has been winning national titles with. So bottom line is I, I'm very surprised that so many Buckeye fans are angry that he's about to get this done. Of course, a lot of Buckeye fans angry that he might pluck some of the, uh, you know, a good chunk of the coaches from Ohio State. Kev, you brought up a good point. I didn't even think about this. If, if Buckeye fans, you got to stop being sensitive about Ryan Day losing coaches on the staff. If Ryan Day wants to be looked at as Dabo Sweeney, if Ryan Day wants to be looked at as Nick Saban, if Ryan Day wants to be looked at as Urban Meyer, you got to look. You you got to know how to handle coaches leaving. You mm-hmm. got to know how to fill those you know fill those gaps. Nick Saban every year winning national championships, every year losing guys, bringing guys back in. I mean, that, if you don't have those connections, if you don't have those connections to make that happen, that's on you. So if Buckeye fans are worried, which you shouldn't be, because if you're a great program. This is part of the territory. Right. It's just going to be part of it. So. Yeah. That's another thing is, do you really want coaches to be here forever? Like, that's a bad thing. If nobody's trying to pluck your coaches, that means your coaches ain't no good. Yep. Like, I'm, there's always, like, some coaches that, like, stick with teams forever. Like, you know, Larry Johnson, he was with Penn State for a long time. Now we're envisioning him being with Ohio State for a long time. You always had those lifers. But, like, you know, defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, like, those guys get plucked to – be moving on up, you know, like the Jeffersons. And it would be a, a situation like, well, why doesn't this guy want to move up? Why doesn't this guy want to move on? Like, you look at Venables at Clemson. People always question why does he want to stay there. Well, that's a unique situation. Like, like we, his kids are on the team. It's a $2 million he, situation. Has $2 million, <laughs> a $2 million contract. Like, so those, those are unique situations. I'll just look at it as a situation where if there are pl- – coaches plug from Ohio State it is what it is that's a part of doing business and we can replace them and I have every bit of confidence in the Ohio State program to find just as good coaches to plug in and we keep it rolling 
All right, let's keep it rolling ourselves. Four five seven nine four six four. Let's go to the phones. Your reaction, Urban Meyer to Jacksonville. That hasn't been initial. Unless I mean, I haven't hit refresh in a second. It, I'm expecting at any time now that that's going to be finalized. Uh, Urban Meyer's next stage in his coaching career in the NFL with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It sounds like a strange team, but when you it's in Jacksonville, you know, he has a home there. Um, I, I think it's I, I think it's a good opportunity for him, and I, I think it's cool to see a team like Jacksonville get a you know get a little bit of life you know mm-hmm. put into it. Jackson, and that's a winnable that division. There's not a dynasty forming in that division. You have sure you have Deshaun Watson, but you have a horrible organization that doesn't know how to win with them. You know, I mean, that's a winnable division. Uh, he could we, he could be winning division championships here in the next two to three years. He could be in the playoffs probably in two if Trevor Lawrence is as good. You may have Trevor Lawrence and seventy million dollars in cap space and a hungry owner and, a, and an Urban Meyer who's aggressive. They could be a playoff team this year. You never know. Let's go to the phones, Kev. We got Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? Hello, fine, you guys. Mikey, what's up, man? Hey, long time no talk. Absolutely. What you got for us? Well, I, I couldn't believe all this anti Pete Carroll talk I was hearing. You can. Well, actually, I can. Okay, okay. We'll go. <laughs> um, you make it sound as if Pete Carroll's program was the only thing, uh, one that was ever caught. I mean, I'm, I'm not, but his, what? But you just you just said, well, you know, he was dirty and everything and, and, and blah, 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 and all that stuff. He was. I, well, I don't well, have a problem okay. with it, but he was. But, but, but didn't when Urban was at Florida, didn't he have numerous players that uh, got into some trouble? Yes, I said that. Yeah, but, but you said that his was uh, his his was a, a more of a minimum than Pete Carroll. No, actually, if you were listening, I actually said that I'd go with Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll was more of recruiting violations. Urban Meyer's issues were ugly, and they were dirty, and they were you had you know, murder investigations. You had really bad people playing on his teams, and, and so, no, I was actually saying that. I didn't hear that. I mean, Kevin, you, I mean, I just said it right after. So I said with Pete Carroll, the difference was is his was just your typical recruiting violations, uh, which tagged him as a, as a dirty coach. But there's a difference between that and some of the situations that were popping up in Florida and even some of the behind the scenes stuff in Columbus. So no, I, 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 I separated the two. And then, then that uh, assistant, uh, that got into some trouble allegedly. Zach Smith, some, yeah. But then he, uh, come from, with Urban from Florida to Ohio State? Yes. And isn't it believed that Urban was probably aware of those alleged domestic? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Look, we could go down that hall, you know, and dissect all that stuff. But uh, look, it wasn't a good look. It wasn't. I mean, that's why he ended up ultimately leaving Ohio State. Yes, health issues. But uh, the what started, what expedited his exit from Columbus was that. Yeah, and then let's not forget Jim Trust on his exit from Ohio State. What about him? <laughs> he was fired, wasn't he? I mean, you. It was a tattoo. Yes, he was fired, but I mean, uh, you sound, I mean, t- it's a tattoo, Mikey. Well, I don't know. I mean, no, we don't. It, it was called Tattoo been, Gate. It it, we do that. know. It, do you really believe he it was just tattoos? It was, they, they didn't call it, you know, extra sour cream gate. They didn't call it, uh, uh, you, you know, they didn't call you free car on the side gate. They, 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 it was tat gate. It was tattoos. Okay, well, then let's, let's, let's look at it this way. When, when Trussell was at Youngstown State, didn't they also have ethical issues with the NCAA? What does it have to do with this, though? I'm just—I'm not trying to argue. I'm just curious. Like, what, where are you going with this? Well, I'm—I'm I'm, I'm trying to prove a point, and it's the point Schlemmer made a long time ago that makes a lot of sense. No school would want to be put under a microscope. Uh huh. You're very defensive about me pointing out that Dirty Pete Carroll was dirty, and you're trying to bring up other dirty coaches, and I'm not even di- like we're agreeing, but you still seem to have a problem. I don't understand. Yeah, but I'm just pointing out that it's not just uh, one program. That's my whole point. And I'm agreeing with you. I never said it was just one program. Oh, well, I mean, that, that's fine. But, but 
the she point said, I want to make you, about you, Pete Carroll, the point I want to make about Pete Carroll is, is that it was boosters that were doing that, not Pete Carroll. Well, it was Zach Pete Smith. It was Zach Smith doing it, not Urban Meyer. Pete Carroll didn't have to cheat. I, I think <laughs> there were kids that were uh, breaking down the doors in California and around the country to play for Pete Carroll. Then why were there so many issues then? Because it was due to boosters. Well, again, boosters wouldn't have to be intervening if they were just, you know, if it was so easy to get in there. Then why, why, ha why a should coach they... cannot control what boosters say and do? Ah, okay, got it. Okay, then, so and and Urban Meyer can't control what his assistant coaches do. Well, yeah, but they work for him. They work under him. Boosters don't work. Didn't work for Pete okay. Carroll. Went under if, Pete Carroll. I mean, technically, they work for the boosters. Trust me. They they technically work for the boosters. No, but technically they don't. Technically not. Trust me. If a booster wants something to happen, it happens. If a booster doesn't want a certain rivalry game in town to happen, it doesn't happen. It depends, if, if they, it depends on the coach. If the coach is a great coach and a legendary coach, trust it, me, it that doesn't. Coach is it's about business. If that the, coach is going to have a hell of a lot to say. If about a booster who they threatens play, to pull money play. if you don't do it my way, then the schools are going to cave. No, but but the coach. If, it depends on the coach. If the coach is a great coach like Pete Carroll or even an Urban Meyer, they can say who they're going to play and who they don't play. I really have no clue why you're getting so defensive of Pete Carroll. I, I mean, I didn't say anything different about him than anyone else. Well, I don't He's know. He's a dirty I coach. I, I, There's I, a lot of dirty I, coaches. He's I a dirty coach. That way. Well, another reason I wanted to call you, uh, the other day I was listening, and you seemed to uh, kind of run down with Russell Wilson. Did I misinterpret that too? No, you got that one on the on the head. Okay. He, didn't, he doesn't have any tattoos, I don't think. Well, why, why, why would? What's wrong with Russell Wilson? Not, I mean, there's nothing really wrong. He's a good quarterback. Any team would be lucky to have. Him. My whole thing is, is that you know, any team uh, that that pays their quarterback the max money, they are no longer as good. And Russell Wilson has never been able to win outside of his rookie contract. This always gets blown out of proportion, as if I'm saying he's some bum quarterback, uh, and he's not. But he's also not one of the you know, like Aaron Rodgers, uh, who also only has one Super Bowl. I say the same thing about him. I say the same thing a lot about these quarterbacks that we, you know, Tom Brady's the only one that can literally carry teams to Super Bowls left. And right, we can't. Yeah, but Tom Brady and Patriots have been caught numerous times cheating too, though, haven't they? What the hell does that have to do with that? Like, you, you really think that they're Spygate away for that, that they're flat footballs away from Super Bowls? I don't know. I'm not the one that was caught cheating, Justin. So <laughs> let me get this straight: the only one in the world that's allowed to cheat that you have respect for is Pete Carroll, but everyone else, I mean, that's where you draw the line. Well, but what if your but, precious but, but UV team? They've never had deflate balls uh, before, though, have they? You think, you think the Patriots so, so uh, so flat footballs are why the Patriots were great. But had, has Pete Carroll and Seattle been caught doing that though? So th again, you think flat footballs are why the Patriots won the Super Bowls? I don't know. I know apparently Tom I'll, Brady I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. It's not. Tom Brady thought it was important. It's not. Like Tom Brady's not good because of flat footballs. It's just not. But but that, that's to be not, honest, I mean like but, I mean we all it's it's just a flat football that's that's your that's your ammo here. But 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 here's the thing, uh, 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 Russell Wilson's been to two Super Bowls. Uh huh. Rookie deals and it's because of the defense. Yeah. Well, that's fine. But the quarterback has a hell of a lot to do with it too. Don't, and especially a rookie quarterback. I mean, he should be given some credit. I give him credit. I mean, you're giving Baker Mayfield a lot of credit. Absolutely, I am. I'm giving all the quarterbacks in this AFC, you know, playoffs right now a lot of credit, and they coincidentally enough are all in their rookie deals. We'll learn an awful lot about all four of these guys once all the money that they're going to be getting paid, and they no longer the teams no longer have the money to pay their other weapons. Then we'll find out how good they are. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But when Baker Mayfield goes to two Super Bowls and wins one. Then I think you can mention him in the same. Yeah, when Baker Mayfield has the number one ranked defense, uh, then you could put them on the same conversation you know, on the same conversation line. Well, Baker's numbers are actually better than Russell Wilson's rookie numbers, just so you know, just so we're on the same. Well, page. I don't know. Two Super no, Bowls. I know. I have it in front of me. Two Super Bowls says a lot. 
I mean, those. Uh, yes, and that's, that's impressive. That's but again, give Baker defense. Give this. That's, you know. that's not counting the numerous playoffs that he's been in with playoff wins. Uh huh. Even though they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. How long has he been in the league? What do you mean? How long have I been in the league? How long has he been in the league? He should have way more playoff appearances and wins than Baker Mayfield. Well, Baker's know. in Pete year Carroll's three. Been there. Pete Carroll's been there 11 years. Pete he's Carroll. Nine, he's got, no, he's been Carroll. in the playoffs Pete, nine years out of 11. Pete Carroll, he's the guy that cheated at USC, right? Uh, yeah. That's right. I, I so thought that say. sounded familiar. No, he did. What do you mean? If I, if I, so I say, if I, what do you mean? He would still be at USC. And then, and then Jim Trestle uh, uh, left Youngstown State under a cloud, and then he uh, left yeah. State under a cloud. Kev, you, you seem confused. What, what, what the I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> Can you enlighten us about the Jim Trussell and Youngstown State situation? Well, I know that he left Youngstown State was penalized by the NCAA. In fact, I have that Sports Illustrated uh, magazine where he left Ohio State, and they mentioned that uh, the, uh, the uh, 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 controversy with the NCAA at Youngstown State. And then See, I, follow, State. I don't follow Youngstown State, and, 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 and to be honest with you, I'm not a Jim Trussell fan, but all I know is he had issues with the NCAA when he was well, at Youngstown. Jim Trussell is way more respected in the college football ranks than, than, uh, than your boy uh, from, uh, from USC. I well, promise you that. Well, I'll much. tell you this. I'll tell you the same thing I told Keith Byers. Jim Trussell is 0-2 against Pete Carroll in, basketball, in football games. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Is that your answer? I, I, I mean, saw it. Are, 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 you, you said a fact. I don't know what you want me to say to that. And, and, and the only national championship Jim Trussell won was the basically the players that John Cooper left him with uh, they, okay. in the second season. He lost three straight bowl games. He lost to, to uh, Florida. He lost to LSU. And then he lost to Texas. And then all of a sudden this tattoo thing, if you want to believe that was just it. It was. That's why they called Tat Gate. Well, well, why was they Jim, why, why did Gate Jim Trussell or, have to leave? Why did he have to leave then if it was just tattoos? Tatgate. He lied. What? That's but, simple. But why, would, why did he have to leave? You have a computer? He lied to the NCAA. So? Google. People lie to the NCAA. The NCAA is not a legal, it's not a, a law enforcement agency. You can lie to them. We know. That's why USC had to move on from B. Carroll. You can lie to the NCAA. They're not a law enforcement agency. All right. Well, I, I mean, that 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 kind of like destroys your credibility as a football coach and as a destroys the program. So he lies. So he so then paid you the admit, consequ- So then you paid. admit. Then you admit what he did was egregious. Then nobody said it wasn't. I have no clue what he's trying to say. I'm, 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 so I'm, trying, I'm, I'm really trying to follow what you're saying. So I assume you're not an Ohio State fan. Well, it's not a question of being an Ohio State fan or not. I'm just I'm trying to. Uh, level that, the no, that's field. that's the question I'm asking you. I'm trying to. You guys are attacking Pete Carroll. Well, who was attacking Pete Carroll? You just, I, you just did. You just I didn't say. I have, don't Kev, attack Pete Carroll. Kevin didn't attack Pete Carroll. I actually like Pete. And Carroll. I haven't even. I actually it. like Russell Wilson. If you I'm listen to the show, I I argue with Kenner about Russell Wilson all the time. I'm so, with you, Mikey. Kevin's talking even, bad about and him. And I haven't even brought up Joe Paterno and what happened at Penn State. There's a reason you haven't brought it up because it has nothing to do with it. I mean, what, what does that have to do with anything? I'm totally lost. <laughs> why don't you make it sound like if, if Pete Carroll is the only one? No, I never said he was the only one. I just no, said we he did something wrong. What does he talk about? The coaches back in the day at you, SMU and everything like that. We could talk about the guys down in Miami being dirty. We could talk about Bobby Bowden and Peter Warwick at Dillard's and everything. We can, we can like, like a million people have said. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, like all the, like, look, if, if you go to any college campus and look hard enough, you're going to find Trent. Grissons. Is that what you want to say? That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Because it took you that long Mark, to get that out? It's, 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 it's the same thing Mark Slimmer said. Nobody would want to be put under a magnifying glass. Right. That's my whole point. 
you've been but on the phone with us guys, for 10 minutes but, but and you, you just now saying in, that? But, but you both lasered in on Pete Carroll. And it's not both. Justin did that, not Kevin. There's two different people here. I'm Kevin. That's Justin. You can say Justin did that, but you can't say Kevin did that. I was asking you if you were an Ohio State fan because I had a follow-up question for you about Jim Trussell. So, since you're on our show, since you're on our show. Let me answer that. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Kevin, you asked me a question. Let me answer it. I'm going to answer it this way. I rooted for Ohio State probably more than I rooted against them. I don't even know what that means. Is that a yes or a no? It, it, it is what it is. I, just because I live in Ohio does not mean I have to be loyal to Ohio team. I, 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 I'm with you 100. If, if anybody listens to the show knows that I'm not. I'm I'm from Pittsburgh Ohio. Steelers. Yeah, so I'm with you 100. You don't have to be a Buckeye fan. It doesn't bother me one way or other. I was just asking a question. So, are you are you a Ohio State football fan or not? Uh, I would have to say probably not. Okay, fair enough. Good but, talking to you, but, Mikey. But, but Good talking to you, Mikey. To do with anything. I do well. I was going to point out the fact that Jim Trussell, uh, his era saved Ohio State football, and that that's saved why he, Ohio State football or college football saved Ohio State football. Oh, you said football. I, I said Ohio State football. Yeah. Oh. Jim Trussell's era saved Ohio State football, and, with, and, with, and without Jim Trussell, Urban but, Meyer would have never Trussell, came to Ohio State. But but you but but, but uh, Justin said he, uh, Trussell was more respected than Pete Carroll. Oh, absolutely, he is. I don't think so. I know so. What, because he granted you an interview? What? <laughs> Absolutely. For one, Trestle's the bomb. And second of all, if what he did at Youngstown State was so bad, then why is he their, their school president right now? I have to know. You'd have to ask them. All I know is that there were NCAA violations. Well, I mean, you can't you say, well, I don't know. So, I, so hold on, Mikey. If you keep going back to saying if you stick a microscope at any school, you'll find bad stuff, but you keep constantly banging on... Jim Trussell and his supposed transgressions at Youngstown State back in what the nineties well, and eighties. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you since you know everything. Apparently, you know everything. You're t- you're just, schooling us, right? I'm just reporting. We're I'm just, just some. We're just, we're just some. We're just some young article. bucks on the radio. You you got all the skills. You got all the veteran knowledge. You let us know what he allegedly did. I'm just repeating did. what was said in the Sports Illustrated. Oh, article. you're repeating stuff, so you don't know. Just like you guys repeat stuff. You hear? No, stuff. we're giving our opinions. I'm giving my You're, opinion. Okay, so he's a bad guy. I'm Jim Trussell's a bad Jim, guy. That's what you want us to say. If 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 Pete Carroll and Jim Trussell played each other ten times, Trussell would be zero and ten. Are we talking like euchre? Are we talking arm wrestling? What are we talking here? I'm just telling you. You said Trussell was more respected than Pete Carroll. I'm telling you that's ridiculous. So 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 because he lost to him, he's uh, he's less respected. And plus the fact that he lost three straight bowl games. And plus oh. the fact. I mean, there's no comparison between Pete Carroll and Jim Trussell. So you're talking as coaches? Yeah, I think I think a rivalry between Pete Carroll and Urban Meyer would have been a great rivalry. USC versus Ohio State. So you're talking you're talking as uh, as coaches? Yes, I think that would have been a hell of a rivalry. No, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what, what you're trying to explain to us. That's all. I'm trying to figure out. You're saying that I think. Kenner's point is, and forgive me if I'm wrong, Justin. I didn't my point was that, anymore, huh? that he was saying <laughs> that Jim Trussell is more respected amongst college football. Like, all right, he's one of us versus being a football coach. Uh, I don't know what you're saying. I mean, what? What? I don't know is, what is I'm he saying more at this point. As a person or as a coach? Are you saying he's more respected as a coach? That's what I'm asking you. No, I don't think he's more respected as a coach than Pete Carroll. The, your point is taken. Your opinion is taken. Mikey, it's been very real. Adios, Mikey. All right, bye.
Okay. Like, okay, dude, there, there, I feel like I discarded Allen Iverson. Now, there are times where I know if I have a, a hot take on something, it's going to trigger some people. And I'm always prepared for that. But then there are times where I literally just... I, we were talking about Urban Meyer going to Jacksonville. I talked about Urban's issues at Ohio State. And then I mentioned how, you know, Pete Carroll leaving college due to the way he poorly ran that program and literally ran them into the ground and, and had all the sanctions when he left. I, I mentioned that, saying that we've seen coaches who, you know, have gone to the pros and have had success. Pete Carroll's one. I think Urban Meyer could be the next one. Actually, at the end of the day, I was actually kind of complimenting Pete Carroll. I have no clue why he got so angry. But, uh, Mikey, it's always a pleasure doing business with you, my friend. Tatgate, my goodness. We, we talked Tatgate. We talked strippers. We talked strippers? Wow. Well, Where's my stripper music? You've been touching my board again, man. I didn't touch nothing. <sighs> my stripper music isn't on here anymore. We'll be back in a moment. Oh, I got to die. I don't even know what the hell just happened. I mean, that was that was brutal. <laughs> like, uh, you you talked bad about Pete Carroll. Yes, I did. I said he wasn't good. Well, Urban, Urban Meyer's bad. Yes, I agree. So you so you would disagree? Disagree about what? I have no idea. Me neither. To sum up what that very long conversation was like, we'll be back in a moment. <laughs> what was that? College football, it's the game you wake up early on Saturdays for, even though kickoff isn't until 7. The game where the Goodyear blimp becomes a Hall of Famer. The game that goes just beyond school, spirit, fandom, or love of the sport. It's the game where the comebacks happen. It's the game where anything can and will happen, as long as you have the drive. Because college football is the game that moves you. We get it because it moves us too. Goodyear, more driven. It's time for some straight talk. Look, we all drop our phones. It happens. You fumble it, crack it, splash it. Well, Straight Talk Wireless now offers this new Platinum Unlimited plan that includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and data. Plus I think we needed a longer commercial break. My head's still spinning. All right. Uh, we're going to do our best uh, Pete Carroll impersonation, and we're going to give you some free money. So uh, it's the 10K Payday, the 1410 ESPN Radio 10K Payday. Uh, every hour throughout the day, uh, throughout the day, Monday through Friday, starting at 7 a.m., be listening for the winning word. You'll take that winning word and enter it at wingam.com for your chance to win $10,000. Who wouldn't love an extra 10K? It's our 10K Payday keyword winning word of the hour. So take this word to wingam.com and give yourself a shot to win $10,000. The winning word is Twitter. Twitter box. Twitter machine. So go to wingam.com and enter the winning word Twitter at wingam.com to give yourself a shot to win $10,000. It's the 1410 ESPN Radio 10K payday. Um, so first of all, let me reset here. Uh, Mikey, he, he's been calling for years, man. He, he's calling, I mean, three shows ago he's been calling into this station. Uh, and I like Mikey. Mikey's a good dude. We just butt heads on a lot of things. And uh, But to give him credit, he, he'll call back. He always calls back. Uh, I'm not beating up on him. Uh, he's a good sport. You know, he gives it to us. We give it right back to him, and he'll call back, and we'll be fine moving forward. So, for those of you who aren't familiar with Mikey and think that I mean to everybody, I'm only mean <laughs> to select people. But uh, you know, Mikey's a good dude. I see people beating up on him in this comment section. He's a good dude. I promise you, he's a good dude. He's passionate about his teams just like we are. But I, I love when Mikey calls in. I think it's hilarious. It is fun as hell, and I don't mind it. So I'm just saying. But my goodness, I have no clue what in the world he was talking about, though. Like, Kevin, let's be real. I was talking about Urban Meyer. 
And I actually, I don't know why I got so mad. I actually was saying that Urban Meyer seemed, his issues seemed dirtier than, than Pete Carroll's, mainly because every coach, you can go, and, and to his point, what he was talking about, what Schlemmer used to say is no program wants a magnifying glass over them. That's true. Facts. Your precious state and flyers, the, you know, it could be the right state, right? Who knows who would, any program. There, you could, if you went and dug deep enough, you're going to find some kind of violation. I right. promise. You. There's no such thing as a clean program. Right. I don't care. There are always rules bent somehow. The Pete Carroll stuff that he did at USC, I'm not condoning it, but that's your typical recruiting violation. Mm-hmm. That's your typical, you know, bending as men, you know, take, you know what I'm saying? Like, Turning a blind eye to yes. things. Like, hey, man, you, when you're coaching at USC at that time, especially at that time, and you have. Actors, actresses coming to your practice. You got Snoop Dogg on the sidelines, like it is inviting uh, element of Hollywood. Yep. Like you're literally in Hollywood. You're in Los Angeles, California. You're in Hollywood. You're the team out there. You got to think when USC was on their run, there was no Chargers out there. The Raiders weren't there. Like they were, they, they were the pro football team in town. And when you're winning championships like they were doing, you're bringing the stars out, not only to the games. But to practice. So when you have stars out there, when you have Snoop being cool with your star running back, when you have your star quarterback dating Hollywood actresses when he's a, a, a senior in college, like that's what's going to happen. People are going to have $100 handshakes. And in their case, $1,000 handshakes. And, of course, and anybody out there that thinks they're too good to be taking stuff, like if they're a star athlete, look, man. I know I ain't. If I was a superstar athlete and I was going to name your big-time university and an agent was like, hey, man, we're going to put your mom up in a uh, five-bedroom house close to campus instead of uh, a three-bedroom house in Cleveland, you best believe I'm going to say, what I got to do? So I'm not knocking none of these kids for it. I'm not even going to knock Pete Carroll for turning a blind eye to it because he was just on a gravy train, too. It is what it is, because all these coaches are on the gravy train. <laughs> Temptations everywhere. Fact, though. I, I, I played basketball at the Lake Campus. I got a free Frosty one time because I had my team show, my team hoodie on, man. They're like, oh, you played at the Lake? Oh, bit free Frosty on it. And I was like, okay, don't tell anyone. It's our little secret. It's our little secret, man. I don't need no Frosty Gate on my hand. No. Let's be clear. My point was is that the Pete Carroll stuff, man, that any program can get busted for right. stuff. Maybe not in masses like him, but in, in some degree. I was actually saying that Pete Carroll's wasn't that big a deal to me. It didn't bother me. Urban's bothered me because look at the quality of people he brought into his programs. Mm-hmm. That are, I mean, there's documentaries on Aaron Hernandez, and there's a lot of pieces in that documentary on Aaron Hernandez that featured the Meyer family that they, you know, it, they turned a blind eye to a lot right. of red flags that were popping up with him and some of the stuff that he was doing off the field. So real quick, we have time for a, We're going to get to everyone's call, but the phone lines are full. So 457-9464, where did he go? I saw that... Uh, uh, Brian or someone on Facebook said they're trying to get in. They can't. Th- yeah, the phone lines are full. So who we got up first? We got Mark. Mark. This might be Mark. Mark, how are you, sir? It is me. It's been a few weeks, but listen, I, I Justin, if, are you allowed to drink on your program? <laughs> who says I don't? <laughs> yeah, you ought to have, you and Kev ought to have a couple of cold gin and tonics after that last call. But let, let me set Mr. Pete Carroll jock sniffer straight on one thing, and then I'll get on Urban, and, and I'll make it quick. All right, all good. We're, we're talking about, and Kev just had a great point, we're talking about Reggie Bush's family was given a million-dollar mansion free of charge. And that for that guy to think, well, that wasn't Pete Carroll. That was all booster. Pete Carroll knew, just like Jim Trestle knew about Tattoo Gate, just like Urban knew about it. For him to say, well, this is the boosters, not Pete Carroll, that is, that is a facade. That guy has no clue what he's talking about. Coaches know what's going on. So that guy was totally lost on that subject. 
But and even and it's their job to know what's going on. And it's their it's, it's their job to know what's going on. And to be clear here, even if they don't, the rare the rare occasion they don't, it's also their job to be punished for not knowing. Like it, it's right. it's just like kind of a institutional like, control, like yep. institutional right. control. And some of these big colleges, they all have compliance departments that I mean they keep the coach aware of what's going on. And this happened at William and Mary. Okay, I can understand why the coach would have known, but USC, Ohio State, Penn State. You know I'm a Buckeye, but they know. But anyway, I will get on to this about Urban. Yep. Um, never. I mean, this was a good move for Urban. I was never a big fan because I'm not sure he's a great bench coach, but he's a great college recruiter. Um, obviously, it's close to his home, and he's getting a boatload of money. Um, I don't see it being super successful, but you know, it, it is what it is. Never, never was a big fan of him or Trestle. Um, I think Day's a better bench coach, but. Urban is a personality, and he might be able to get the respect of those players, but it's it's going to be tough, you know, in the NFL. They, it's a different breed, I'm sure. So, yeah, I, I look, I, I'm I'm pulling for him there. I want him to have success. I really Me had too. no I had no bad feelings about this. I was actually very surprised. Either, yeah. I was taken back today to check the message boards and stuff and see that so many people were angry. I'm like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I mean, it's been rumored forever, and I feel like it was always like people. I'm people were so focused on the season. I'm sure. But uh, they're worried about him plucking coaches. I'm like, to be, I, I'm not gonna. I love the coaching staff that Ryan Day has. But Mark, do you think that there's anyone on that coaching staff that you're like, oh man, if they take him, we're screwed? I don't think no, we have I, that coach. With all due respect to those guys, they're great. I don't think there's anyone on Ryan Day's staff who are all great, by the way. That if one of them was plucked away, that Ohio State would be in trouble. I just, I don't, I don't look at it. Not that only way. does Ohio State reload on players, they reload on coaches. So there's nothing that one of you guys made a great point that he's not probably going to reach into Ohio State right now. Yeah, probably. He's not going to reach into Ohio State right now and start plucking coaches right, and off the team. It's not going to happen. He's going to bring in NFL experts and not college experts. Hey, Mark, before you go. himself with the best NFL people. I have a question real quick. Uh, yeah. When Ohio State missed 22 guys in the Big Ten championship game, do you think if they had some of those guys they would have played better? Oh, my God, you're trying <laughs> to light my view. <laughs> I'm just I'm curious. I just want to know. That's that's all. That's all. Okay. Well, careful, because if you're wanting me to steer this toward the Browns playing a, you know, a, a Steelers team that laid down the last game of the season, I will. I mean, which way you want to go with it? I mean, you mean the same Steelers team that the Browns hey, look, just put forty something? I mean, come on now. I'm just going to take. Gotta go my gin and tonic out now because of you. I'm gonna I'm gonna take. I'm gonna show you just what kind of a guy I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna be humble and say congratulations. I don't think anybody saw the Browns crushing the Steelers. But I'm happy for you and the Browns. I hope they do well against Kansas City. And so how do you like that side of me? I like that. that that's how we're going to, you know, <laughs> we had Mikey to the extreme and Mark to the extreme the other way. That's what I like. It's a good balance show today. All right, Mark. All right, we'll see you guys. Take care, man. Later. All right. four five seven nine four six four. That hour was fun. Let's Dude. see if we can top that in hour two. Yeah, a lot more still coming your way. We're going to rank the quarterbacks, the NFL playoffs. Everyone that's on hold, you're next. You we got, are it. We got True American. We got Jim. We got Rob on hold. All right. You guys are next up in line. I promise you. Uh, the phone lines again. For the phone line to call in, 457-9464. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on Dayton's ESPN radio station. 1410 Wing AM. Hour 2 next. We are Dayton's home of the Ohio Dayton Flyers basketball fans, don't miss talking out loud with Sully every Thursday night at 6. It's the Justin Kinner Show, live here on ESPN Dayton. All right, everybody, we welcome you back. Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN. I'm relaxed today. I'm just sitting back in the chair. 
I feel good. I feel good about this hour. I feel good about the stuff we have coming up. Dayton Flyers got a win last night, by the way, Kev. Uh, we got Soli coming up in hour three. Excited to chat with him. Soli from Talking Out Loud. In fact, Talking Out Loud coming up immediately following our show. Um, here coming up at six o'clock. And Soli will react to the Flyers' win last night over Duquesne. Uh, and you know what's funny? You know, different. It, you take the pulse of Flyers fans. About a week ago, you would have thought that this team had only won one or two games, Kev. You would have thought that the Flyers weren't any good. They're eight and three. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're fine. Like they're a good team. Like I have no clue why the the sky always seems to be falling. Like they're fine. They have some ugly losses, but they're winning games. I've always said if. Your fans think you're bad, and you have a record well above 500. That's a good thing. That means you're learning lessons while winning games. Right. There's nothing worse than learning lessons while losing games. You're learning lessons while winning games, and that's all you can ask for. But we'll get to that coming up around the corner. All right, man. Uh, again, it's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 Wing AM. Let me reset the stage. We're going to get to your calls in like 10, 15 seconds. I just want to, re- for those who are just tuning in, it's it's nuts, man. So we got into the topic of Urban Meyer going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I said, look, I, I'm pulling for him. There's a lot of people who are upset. The message boards, Buckeye fans are turning on Urban Meyer. They're upset. They're frustrated. They don't, they, they're not a fan of Urban going there because they feel Urban's going to pluck their head coaches and, or their head coaches, their, their coaching staff. And my big thing is this. It's like, well, for one, I just watched Nick Saban win a national championship, and for how many straight years, every time Nick Saban and Bama wins a championship, how many of their their coordinators are plucked and pulled? And Mike those Loxley are, just left. And Kiffin in the years past, you know, at, uh, Maryland. Kiffin went to uh, where's he at now? He's at Ole Miss. Obviously, what just happened with Sharkeesian? He's going to be the coach at Texas. That's what happens. Like and you just said, they got Bill O'Brien. And by the way, if you think Bill O'Brien's going there to set up shop to be a coordinator long term, he wants to get back into head coaching, whether it's at the college ranks or back in the NFL. So I don't see Bill O'Brien being there, you know, too too long. So let's just put it that way. But let's be clear, Co- uh, coaching staffs. If you want to be an elite coaching staff. Recruiting, obviously winning, and you know filling coaching vacancies. You got to be able to roll with the punches. That's what the great head coaches do, and that's what Ryan Day is going to have to do. But big picture here, I don't see Urban Meyer going to just raid the Buckeye coaching staff. I don't see it. For one, Urban Meyer has no coaching experience in the National Football League. Urban Meyer is going to have to surround himself with NFL guys. Urban Meyer, it would it would not be smart of Urban Meyer to surround himself with college guys. It would make zero sense to me. Um, I think it was, uh, who was it, Vincent Waller on Facebook a little bit ago brought up a good point. Kevin Wilson. I could see Kevin Wilson mm-hmm. going. Uh, Kerry Combs. I could see Kerry Combs going back to the NFL and, and coaching with Urban Meyer. I, I could see that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, as far as that, I don't see Urban really going after anyone else. But then Mikey just lost his mind because <laughs> I, I pointed out a fact. It wasn't even an opinion. I know I have some very annoying opinions that just irritate people, but I didn't think that a fact would irritate someone as much as some of Kenner's hot takes. Like, that's insane to me. I, Pete Carroll, he's a dirty coach, bottom line. That's why he left college. That's why he's in the NFL, really good in the NFL. He's really good in college. Being a dirty coach doesn't make you a bad coach. It just makes, makes you hard to employ, that's all. Uh, but he was a good coach. Urban's a good coach. He's hard to employ because there's a lot of baggage, right? Like, that's why I think the NFL's a good suit for him but four five seven nine four six four back to the phone lines kev who we got we got doug doug welcome in sir hey guys enjoy the show thank you thanks for being patient too by the way uh, yeah i almost hung up <laughs> uh, real, real quick i wanted to ask kev a question hey what's a big up article in the, big article in the paper today about the steelers mm-hmm. and about about the cap and whether roethlisberg is going to re- return or not and i just wondered what your opinion was about tomlin uh, his competency and, and who they should keep and so forth because Pittsburgh's always been a nemesis for Cleveland and Cincinnati. Uh, I think uh, Coach T is one of the best coaches in the NFL. They are under the cap viciously. Like, 
you can't have that many defensive stars on your team and not be hit by the cap. I mean, you obviously you have T.J. Watt's contract coming up. You got Bud Dupree's contract coming up. You got uh, Mika Fitzpatrick's contract coming up. You just pay Cameron Hayward. Like, you are strapped for cash. And what I was reading is the really only way to get under the cap is to extend Ben Roethlisberger's contract for two more years. So he has one year left, but they're saying if they give him a two-year contract extension, they will be able to handle all their needs on defense and probably re-sign Juju. But with all that being said, it still doesn't help the biggest issue, which is the offensive line. So I have no idea. (laughs) I'm going to be 100% honest. I don't know. Like As much as Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Fame quarterback and I love him and everything like that, I mean, you can clearly see a line of demarcation. Like Justin and I go back and forth about Drew Brees all the time. But, I mean, it's evident that Ben Roethlisberger is – going through the same things that Drew Brees is, the lack of arm strength, the lack of accuracy downfield with the down throws, downfield, passes downfield. The only older quarterback in the league that still looks like himself is Tom Brady. So he's an anomaly. Like, age happens. So realistically, I think they're going to have to sign Ben because I don't think they're ready to, you know, give the keys over to Mason Rudolph after a halfway decent performance versus the Browns in the last week of the season. Like, I don't think you can go into a full regular season like that with Mason Rudolph as your quarterback. So they they got a lot of things to look at. I mean, they're just doing a total overhaul to the coaching staff as well. A lot of dudes not getting their contracts renewed. A lot of guys retiring as well. Well, I just wanted to uh, get your perspective since you were a Steelers fan on that. uh, For sure. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Take care, Doug. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I hope the Steelers don't succeed at filling any of those <laughs> vacancies, to be quite honest with you. Um, so, real quick, back to the uh, – Shaw says – oh, he was responding to Lamar, but he says uh, Urban isn't taking the head coach that he helped get the job. Of course, I think Lamar earlier I said, you know, what about Ryan Day? Like that, I don't see that happening. For when Ryan Day's – no. Um I still think at Isn't some point Urban go, or Ryan Day goes to the NFL, but not this. Isn't that a step down? A head coaching spot at a Power 5 school? To be a coordinator in the NFL? Ain't that a step down? Yep. Okay. I, I, in my opinion, yeah. And plus, it's weird. for one, I, that's not even a realistic thing. I, I get what you're saying, Lamar, but no, I don't I, I don't see that happening. What about Dan Mullen? Uh, Him and Herb go way back. There's a Dan lot Mullen of, has some good recruiting classes coming up. I, I just I don't see that happening. They're, they're under fire. Like He doesn't get along with the administration in Florida. Like, they're going at it, like, big time. But Dan Mullen, they can get a head coaching job pretty quickly. But, I mean, he still has one at Florida, but I don't... I, don't, I would I, like... I would, I would, I'll keep an eye on this, that. How about this hot take? I'd like Dan Mullen in the Big Ten. Dude can recruit. Imagine imagine, can, imagine can, a Big Ten team who can recruit. Who would have thought? He can coach better than he can recruit. He's an okay recruiter. He's not, a like, a lights-out recruiter like uh, um, <laughs> Ryan Day. Nick Saban, like he's not lights out like that. He's a good, he's solid, but he's not through the roof. But he can coach his butt off. Like I mean, remember back when uh, Dak, Dak's like the only guy from that team, well, offensive guy from that team back in his uh, Mississippi State days to make the NFL, and they were scoring in the forties. Oh Dak. yeah, like he can coach his butt off. I ain't no question about that. Draw plays, execute them. Alex Sheets on Facebook says it's already being reported that OSU assistants are off limits. Sounds like he's taking uh, Stamper and, and, and Pantone support staffers. What do you mean off limits? For one, <laughs> like let, let's stop back. Like I said, Ohio State has a great 
coaching staff, but they're not they're not the best coaching staff. I don't look at anyone on that staff and say they're untouchable. They're all good. They're all really good. They're all above good. They're, but don't say off. I mean, don't report it as off limits as if, oh, man, these guys are just untouchable. Sarkeesian just had the number one offense in college football, and he was pl- like, and no one's untouchable. Let's can, just put it that way. Can you explain to us what you mean by off limits? Because when I hear somebody says off limits, I hear them saying, like, Gene Smith told Herb, you can't have any of our guys, so they're off limits. And, and if I'm Herb, Meyer, I give him the finger and, and say, Herb, I'm take and Herb was like, okay. Like, that's what I hear when people say things are off limits. And you know what, then? If that's the case, I don't want Urban as my head coach of the NFL. You're soft. <laughs> I want a coach that's cutthroat. You know why Bill Belichick's the, the best? He's cutthroat. He wanted to cut Tom Brady when Tom Brady started a ton left in the tank. And by the way, he still has a ton left in the tank. Bill Belichick, cutthroat. You want, if you, the fact that, if, so let's say, and by the way, uh, Alex Sheets, we're not questioning you. You're just saying what you read in that report. But, like, I'm curious what that report is or where that is because if it's saying that, oh, you know, Urban Meyer said that, oh, uh, that uh, Ohio State coordinators or assistant coaches are off limits or Ohio State said they're off limits, which is weird. I don't know. No. Yeah, they Urban, can't control where you go. You can quit your job yeah. whenever you do. Urban to. needs to be cutthroat. But the bottom line is I'm getting caught up in something that I don't even care about because Urban doesn't need anyone from Ohio State. He needs NFL guys. He doesn't need the little college ranks anymore. He needs the co- he needs the NFL guys. Urban wants to succeed in the NFL. He needs NFL guys to surround himself with. Who's next? Oh, man. Really? We got the true American, dude. How are you? We don't have the true American. I thought we had one character in Mikey. I was looking forward to the next character and in, in, in Steve from Springboro. I think he left. Yo, I'm here. Oh, I'm here. Uh, you fell asleep. Are you? Uh, I didn't know if you were waiting to flush the toilet and you fell asleep no, on no, it or no, something, it's, you know. It's not game day yet. Getting close. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm glad you guys finally got a hold of me because I'm getting ready to get a conference call with Coach K and all the Browns coaches to uh, go over the game plan for Sunday. boy. So, uh, just for uh, – and by the way, I don't know if there's any way you guys can start drug testing some of the callers you guys get. You would be at the time of the new. You're turning into a stack guy. No, not, not, to the, not real bad, but uh, – I was watching NFL Network today, and uh, week 11 through 17, to, this, is all, this is to all the uh, Baker haters out there, he had a quarterback rating of 140, which led all quarterbacks the last six weeks of the season. The offensive line, by pro performance, number one ranked run and pass, and uh, the O-line, Baldinger gave him a good, and you know how I am about the union, dude. He's calling the offensive line the union. He had them all with hard hats on, lunch buckets. I love it, man. So we all know that's where the game's won and lost. And for everybody out there and all the analysts that I've been hearing all day long and all week long, Browns don't have a chance. They, you know, they might as well not even get on the plane and fly out to Kansas City. Let's play the game first, folks, and let's just see what happens because Kansas City can be beat. They're no superstar. Uh franchise that can't be beat. Yeah, and I know uh, Andy Reid 7 and 0 against them. But let, let's just see. let's just play the game first, folks, and see what happens. Uh I'll call you guys back tomorrow with the game plan after I get real, 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 Steve, real quick. You know that the if you go look at the numbers, I I looked I've been looking at the stats too cuz I've been looking for a story to tell and you know that the Browns defense is actually better than than and the Browns defense is not good, my my friend. The, no, the Browns great. defense is statistically better than the Chiefs defense. How about exactly that? That's right. And their offensive line, uh, Kansas City's offensive line's not uh, you know, they're nothing. So if Miles Garrett can come off the edge, you know, and I like that Gustin kid. I think he's hungry. They're going to they're going to hurt losing Vernon. But in the offseason, whatever happens Sunday, 
in the offseason, they definitely need to address that backside of the defense. That's for sure. Yeah. Hey, David Shaw gave you a shout out. He said that, that this is probably going to be the last time that we hear from you uh, because no the Browns are going to lose on no Sunday. He's talking smack, man. I'm going to put him on your hamburger drill list. He's number one. Exactly. Put him. Put him on there. Too yeah, I am because you know. And all the years with Slimmer and everything, you know that I'm a loyal. You cut my wrist and brown and orange comes out. And back when they were 0 and 16, both of you guys know, and everybody knows that when I used to call in, they know how loyal and how diehard I am. So they can all kiss my, you know, backside. Hey, I'll call you guys tomorrow with the game plan. Go Browns. There he is. The one, the only, Steve from Springboro, man. Like, <laughs> like. You know, and he's getting, you know, he, he refrained from, from saying ass. How about that? He goes, I can kiss my backside. Like, <laughs> he's getting softer in his older age, in his <laughs> retired self. Someone's talking about we need to get that. Uh, Philip Reed says that we need to get the hamburger list sponsored. He says, uh, is that hamburger list sponsored by five guys? No, but that's a great idea. Get on that, so Andy. the hamburger list, Steve from Spring, you know, you don't want it on the hamburger list. You don't want it on it. I don't think. I don't think I've ever been on it. Smash burgers. A lot of burger joints. Oh, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, if you are a burger place out there and want to sponsor the hamburger <laughs> drill list, there you go. Now's your chance. Uh, do, 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 do. Matthew Gaines said they didn't give the Browns a chance against Pittsburgh either. Look, the, the line basically, you know, Andy says he's on it. There you go, Andy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, the line for the Browns in the, the Chiefs game this weekend is still at 10. It hasn't moved, Kev. I thought for sure it would get to about 8.5. I, I thought it would be about 8.5, which is still – I just that's insane to me, a double-digit line. I'm, you know, I'm still crying about it, still upset. But you know what? I want the line to stay at 10. I don't want it to get – I want the, the bigger the line, the more of an upset it's going to be. I'm amazed that the teams that have bye weeks like the Packers and the Chiefs they haven't had COVID situations yet, or at least I haven't I seen anything reported yet. I those think, are the they bubbled the hell out of themselves, man. You think they're, so? They're, I, I think I think this has their attention. I mean, I, I know that at times it's gotten bad this year, but I think that the NFL players there hasn't been too many reports. I mean, there's Dwayne Haskins and some others that were out doing stuff they shouldn't right. be. But overall, I've got to give the NFL a lot of credit, unless there's just stuff that hadn't gotten out. But they, people have been busting people all over. If they if they catch you out, they're not hiding anything. They're trying to bust you. I'll give the NFL a lot of credit. I feel like the NFL players respected their season more than baseball players respected theirs. Man, I will say that. I, I agree with you there because when the Falcons were basically eliminated, I thought that the whole Atlanta Falcons team was going to screw COVID. it. Because, yep. I mean, they're done. Atlanta's like the hot spot to kick it and have a good time. Like, they're wide open. But for those guys not to go out and not to catch it and have a total outbreak on their team, they should be commended. But, like, I do think it is, like, weird that Kansas City and Green Bay hasn't had any outbreaks. Like, it's, they've been at home for a week. And I, I was reading somewhere they can't bubble the teams. It's in the player bargaining agreement that they can't bubble the teams unless they get um, clearance from the NFL. So you can't the players say, union? Yeah, yeah. You can't say, like, the coach can't come in there, Andy Reid can't come in there on a bye week. Like, look, we're going to be staying at hotel, the Holiday Inn, for the next two weeks. Like, that's against the rules. See, and, you know, I get those are the rules, but, like, you have to, have a little, you have to be a little flexible during this, too. Yeah. But, anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, so far, so good. Cleveland, uh, you know, they, they got Denzel Ward back. Kevin Stefanski's back. Uh, you know, I, I haven't heard on Batonio yet. I need to continue looking that up. But, you know, all I'm saying is, is I am not saying the Browns should be favored in this. Not at all. Kansas City should be favored. But, dude, they've had, they basically, like, they, they set all their starters in the final week of the regular season. Doesn't that seem like forever ago, by the way? The mm-hmm. Browns Steelers matchup from the final week, week 17. They've, they've basically been off for three weeks. 
Chilling. And even before the Chiefs were talking about, and even before those three weeks that they were off, they weren't playing great football. But I mean, good, you're winning. You only lost one this year. I'm not going to say that they're bad. But, man, all I'm saying is I'm very shocked at that line. And they very well could go out and just stick it to Cleveland. But all I'm saying is, is that when you really dissect the numbers, the offense isn't that much more explosive than Cleveland's. The defense is not better. Uh, you know, I keep seeing people in the comment section saying they're not going to be able to stop the Chiefs. The Chiefs, how, are the Chiefs going to stop the Browns? Who's been able, the, the Browns and the Chiefs are the two most explosive offenses in the NFL. Someone yesterday called in, brought up a great point. I forgot who it was. It was towards the end of the show, but he brought up the, the, the Bills. The Bills are pretty good offensively too mm-hmm. in the AFC, um, but no run. Their run game's not great. Yeah. The Browns, I think, have the best overall offense in regards to the balance of the pass and the run. The Chiefs' pass game makes up for their run defense. These days, it's okay to do some things halfway, like wearing your pajama bottoms on a work call. But managing your prescriptions shouldn't be one of them. That's why CVS has a proprietary search tool to find ways that may help lower your prescription costs and will deliver them for free. No wonder CVS customers are better than most at staying on prescriptions, which tends to make you healthier. Come in or call today and get a free prescription savings review at CVS. Savings vary. Not all patients eligible for savings. Delivery restrictions apply. Visit CVS.com for details. Guys, you know that new Untucked shirt you've been eyeing? Well, you can save on your favorite styles with the new winter clearance event going on right now at Untucket's 80-plus stores and Untucket.com. Untucket shirts were designed to be worn untucked. They fall at that just... 1410 ESPN Radio is Dayton's home of the Ohio State Buckeyes on the hardwood. Football may be over, but basketball is just heating up. Support Chris Holman and his Buckeyes... Everybody, we welcome you back. Justin Kenner, Kevin Ash with you here in 1410 ESPN Radio. So, interesting. We're going to get into this coming up later in the show. The Cincinnati Reds, addition by subtraction. How can you lose Trevor Bauer and you lose a lot? I mean, they, they lost a lot of key pieces. How can you lose all those guys and still be, all of a sudden, the favorite to win your division? Addition by subtraction. Maybe not subtraction from their own players or addition from their own players. They had a little help in the NL Central. We'll talk about that coming up here around the corner. Plus, uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, rumors circulating about the Reds being interested in Francisco Lindor. Of course, Francisco Lindor no longer with the Cleveland uh, baseball team. Now, of course, now with the New York Mets. Now, that I'm kind of glad that it happened just so we could put that to rest. Uh, you know, it, I was convincing myself that I didn't really care about Francisco Lindor, but deep down I'm like, oh man, I, I could already picture him in a red jersey. <laughs> I could picture sitting at Great American Ballpark, uh, third baseline, just wa- you know being right there in front of watching him make great plays. Wa- you know, hearing the roar of the crowd every time he made a big play. You know, it, it's unbelievable. So, uh, but he signs with the Mets or is traded to the Mets. All right, fine. Uh, but the Reds have been looking at some of the shortstops. D.D. Gregorius, obviously, uh, Simeon is another one that you know reports are out that they're interested there. And I also saw that the Cleveland or that the Cincinnati Reds are they've been sending some guys out to look at Corey Kluber throw and uh Corey Kluber could you know the Reds are interested there. That's interesting to me. Um because one week I feel like the Reds are just trying to cut all payroll and then the next week I feel like well 
Why, 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 why is it one week they're looking to just unload everybody, and then the next week they're out looking at big free agents that they're going to have to spend big money on? I, I don't. It's mixed signals. Does she like me? Does she not like me? Does she want to be friends or want to be more than friends? I can't get a good feel for the Castellini family right now. They're driving me nuts, but I'm going to try and remain as positive as possible until, you know, the very end. Uh, Chris uh, on Facebook says, you know, uh, who did Bauer sign? Bauer hasn't signed with anybody, but he's as good as gone. He's not. The Reds aren't going to be able to afford him. He's just not. He's okay. asking for the same type of money that Garrett Cole makes. Woo. And I don't blame Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer has never had anything close to what he accomplished last season. And he did it in a 60-game span. Uh, your numbers were inflated. By the way, he was great. I'm not trying to, to you know take away what he did. But it's smart of him to go get the big money. Yeah. I don't know if you can replicate that again in a 162-game season for him. We've never seen him. I mean, we've seen him pitch at high levels before, but never to the level of which he pitched last year. And who's to say that if you added 100 games to the regular season, to the 60 regular season games they played last year, who's to say that Trevor Bauer could stay on that pace? It is smart of Trevor Bauer to go after every dollar possible. I just feel bad for him because the market sucks right now. He may still get it. Guys are still getting some big contracts out there. He may, you know, teams are saying, hey, you know what? It's worth it to get him. I think Trevor Bauer's worth it to every team. But to a team like the Reds who doesn't spend money, I don't look at him as being a guy that's worth it for the Reds to go into debt to get when there's only one season of that type of level of play from him. I, I don't mind the If you get Corey Kluber, you go get another decent starting pitcher. I can handle them moving on from Bauer. I really can. As long as you go get another bat, you know, go get a shortstop, I think they'll be okay. All right, uh, Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. I have an update for you from the OHSAA uh, regarding uh, basketball. So we know how this season ended with, the, you know, or how last season, you know, it was, uh, I think, in regionals for, for boys' basketball and state for state. girls' basketball, um, where the season just, I mean, COVID-19, the whole world came to a complete stop. The entire sporting world came to a complete stop. Um there's an update now. If they don't really know, I mean, so basically, the OHSA announces that the regional and state tournament sites are all to be determined. Still, okay, we saw them change things up for the state football championships this past year. Okay, so it had changed sites a few times. Um, so it's still to be determined for boys basketball and girls basketball. The regional and state tournament sites are all to be determined. It is not yet known which of the previously announced sites will permit events to be held at their venue or which will allow spectators. Obviously, I think they're going to try and be flexible there. Um, by the way, what's the what for local girls and boys basketball games right now? Is it on a school by school basis? Are parents attending games? Is there, I'm sure there's a limit on how many people right. can go to these games. Parents are going, right? Fans yeah. are going. Student sections. I thought, I thought it was just parents. So no student section. That's from what I see. But see, like that's what's crazy. I don't mind. I mean, the kids they they need they wanted the experience. They got the experience. I saw large student sections at state football games this past year, but no student sections at basketball. Or is there? I, I don't know. I I, seen I, we should know this, section. you know, doing sports no, talk I, in this town, I, I and we both don't. I don't know. Like <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's that whole outside thing again. Pro, you know. Yeah, it's a moving goalpost, too, by the way, right. with all of this stuff. And you just kind of take it, you know. But I, I understand why the OHSA is not committing to any spot. But I was like, oh, they got plenty of time. I keep forgetting it's January. Mm -hmm. It's mid-January. It's January 14th. Yeah. Like, the tournament's going to be starting here in, in the not-too-distant future. March isn't that far off. I mean, that's insane. I'm talking about Reds right now. Spring training's not that far off in the in the distant future. Uh, the You know, boys basketball, OHSA uh, basketball tournament's not too far off in the near future. So, holy smokes, man. We're getting... Things are heating up a little bit. Speaking of high school sports, you know, California, they're still planning to play high school football in the spring because they didn't play this fall. I, I'm curious, if you had a son that had a Division One scholarship, 
and he's a senior this year. Is he playing football in the spring? I wouldn't. Well, I mean, again, it would deter- it would just it would be a uh, kid by kid basis. You know what? What's your recruiting like right now? Do you have offers on the table? Kind of, I mean, if you've been in communication with those coaches, they've been dealing with the, the same things you have in regards to the uncertainty of everything. So, like, if you got a scholarship, I mean, you already, I mean, National Signing Day is coming and going already. Like, you already signed your letter. You going to USC? Are you playing football, high school football this spring? Oh no! I, I mean, <laughs> to be fair though, if you love the game and you want to, more power to you. But I wouldn't judge anyone who doesn't right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is too, back in what. November, um, September, August, September time, and we're talking about football being moved to the spring. I like the PFL, the, the Dayton Flyers. You know, it was they yeah. they opted out of spring football, which I think is smart. Because what do you do if you play this spring? The season would end in what? So when would it even start? What would be considered spring football then? April. Right? So April. So you get April, May, then you get June, July off, and start in August for the fall. Yeah. I you know when UD announced that they were opting out, I don't blame them one bit. I didn't read the article as to you know their decision as to why, but I'm assuming it's not worth it. Why play in the spring for nothing? Play in the fall. I mean, keep everything on. I would like. To, I mean, I think everything. Anyone that said they wanted to move their season to the spring, I think you just pull the trigger on it. I either pull the plug on it. I'm sorry. No, just forget it. You know what? It sucks. It was a lost season. We tried, but let's just pick up. Or we, you know, let's pick up next fall. Let's pick up next whenever for whatever. Particular yeah, you got to think it it's probably going to cost you more money to try to pull on a season in the spring than the money that you're actually going to bring. Can you in. imagine the Big Ten was planning on playing in the spring? <laughs> no, like doesn't that seem like forever ago? Yeah. We were talking about. Oh man, there's no Buckeye season. They're going to play in the spring. I can't imagine as we just wrapped up the season for college football. I can't imagine mentally transitioning to. Well, guys, uh, Clemson and Bama just wrapped up the national championship game. Well, let's tune into Ohio State and Northwestern for spring football. I mean, my goodness, I'm so glad that's not where that went. So, you know. All right. Oh, Ron says that he – Ron goes, I went to a tip girls game last night, only three ticket, only three plus tickets. Only only three tickets plus have to be – oh, I see. Only three tickets plus you have to be on the list. Okay. So you have, you know, I'm assuming family, friends, that type of deal. Mm, mass. Uh, yeah, what? What are those? Hand <laughs> sanitizer, Lysol. So. All right, folks, Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Coming up here 15 minutes from now, we will rank quarterbacks one through eight. The number one quarterback remaining in the playoffs to the worst quarterback remaining in the playoffs. We're going to rank the eight remaining quarterbacks as we head into the divisional round of the playoffs coming up this Sunday. I can't believe just how different the AFC versus the NFC is. In the NFC, you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Drew Brees, you have Tom Brady, uh, you know, you have Jared Goff, who's still, he's young, but I mean, I'm, the, the face of the NFC, it's all those seasoned vet quarterbacks, even, you know, Russell Wilson, who's no longer in the playoffs. I mean, he's 32 years old. I feel like, I keep thinking of Russell Wilson as like one of the young bucks in the league. He's not old by any means. He's no. like, hell, I'm 31. He's definitely <laughs> not old. But like, he's, you know, he's closer to the end of his career than he is to the beginning of it. But then you look at the AFC. Baker Mayfield's 25 years old. He's the oldest quarterback in the playoffs right now on the AFC side. He's 20- older than Patty Mahomes? Oh, yeah, he's the oldest. Yep, he's 25 years old. That's right, because he reassured Yep. Joe Burrow, I believe, is older than Baker Mayfield, if I'm not mistaken, or they're the same no, age. No, Joe Burrow is older than Lamar. Than Lamar. Okay, that's what it was. I knew he was older than, you know. Yeah, Lamar's still like 19. So <laughs> Baker's old. So you said Baker's older and better than Burrow? Is that, is that what you said? I definitely that, didn't say that. I did. That's what I said. How about that? All right, but we'll get to that coming up here just around the corner. Justin Kenner, Kevin Nash with you here on 1410 Wing AM. Again, still keeping an eye on the rumors circulating Urban Meyer close to signing a deal, finalizing a deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer 
fire the NFL. How cool uh, is that? All right, folks, we'll be back in a moment. 457-9464. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash. We'll be back in a moment. Now transportation is now hiring class. The 1410 ESPN Radio 10K Payday. Head to wingam.com. Enter the winning word SHARP, S-H-A-R-P. Enter the winning word SHARP at wingam.com to give yourself an opportunity to win $10,000. It's the 1410 ESPN Radio 10K Payday. Right here on 1410 Wing AM. So head to wingam.com and make sure uh, you give yourself an opportunity to be listening all day, every hour, uh, Monday through Friday. Every So I can't speak today. Monday through Friday, every hour, starting at 7 a.m. Be listening for the winning word. You'll take that winning word to wingam.com. You'll enter it again to give yourself a shot to win $10,000. All right. Um, so yesterday we talked about the breaking news out of the NBA, Kev, the, you know, the, the big deal for, for James Harden. Um, I want to care about this, but I don't. Huh? I don't. I, 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 I just, I, I, I don't know how it's going to work. The one thing about the Nets that I find interesting is I don't think that this was done to form the big three, Kev. I think that, I don't think James Harden was brought here to form the big three. Uh, there's a part of me that feels James Harden was brought here to replace Kyrie Irving. I, I don't know what the, the, the state of Kyrie Irving is moving forward. Mm-hmm. But I don't care if Kyrie comes back and says, I'm committed <laughs> to playing. I think you move on from Kyrie anyway. Because what you can't have happen is Kyrie coming back and investing and then you got to worry about another spell happening where he just mentally checks out. Mm-hmm. You can't afford, if you're the Nets, with all the money you're spending, your $90 million for, or it's more than that, I think. It's 100 and, I think it's a, that's what it was. It was $114 million a year that they are paying just these three players. Yeah. These three players make more than the Knicks, than the, these three players alone, the, the payroll just for them three, make more than like five or six different combined NBA teams the Cavs, the Knicks, and, and quite a few others. Like, that's insane. You can't afford, even if Kyrie Irving is mentally into it, I don't think you could take a chance of, even if things are good, you're always going to be wondering, oh, man, is this going to be the week that he just checks out, decides, hey, this isn't worth it. And this isn't, like, I'm not going down the, the, the road of the, the social justice reform or anything like that. Like, it has something to do with this, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, there are ways that you could, I mean, LeBron James uses his platform as good as any athlete in professional sports. I'm not going down the political spectrum of this, but I can't think of an athlete that does a better job of using his platform and his status along with his political pull and his political opinions to help bring awareness to what he is trying to bring awareness to. And I'm not going to tell someone how to use their platform, but at the same time, I do believe a company has a right to say, hey, we're not not backing you and what you are trying to support but when what you are trying to support becomes selectively engaging with the team we can't support that and i think that the nets need to right now move on if it means cutting him i don't risk it i don't risk it. if i'm kevin durant i'm going to the front office and saying even if he comes back and apologizes and says he's good cut him i don't risk it i really don't james harden kevin durant are good enough to be your big two i don't think we need the big three anymore kevin durant or lebron james and anthony davis that was your big two it's a tandem league again. You look at Paul George uh, and Kawhi Leonard. And now maybe you're saying, hey, the big three beats the big two comments. Right. But, like, I think you're the big two and a half. And it's, you know, it can, it can I, I don't look at Kyrie and, and trust him at all. I find the Nets, no, I don't even, I don't give him this chance to implode it. Because I'm pulling for the Nets for this reason. The NBA Finals, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, James Harden. Like, I can't think of a better NBA Finals matchup than that. Kyrie Irving will ruin it. And that's what I'm worried about, selfishly. At what point did you give up on Kyrie? I mean, the fact that we're only, what, a couple games into the season, a couple months, or about a month into the season, and what we were worried about happening has already happened. 
they were win- and it's not like they were losing any checked out. They were winning any checked out. And, and again, not going down the avenue of the the stuff that he's involved in right now. I could support that, but the way he's going about doing it, as we talked about, you're not even you don't even call your general manager. You don't call your head coach. Kevin Durant doesn't even have answers. No one has. Like, he just disappears. You can't. That's flaky. That's weird. You can't do that. Uh, and then I see people on social media because I found out if you rip Kyrie Irving, that means you know I ripped Kyrie Irving. I got called racist. Oh, don't you just hate when when an athlete is trying to stand up for social reform? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Don't you just hate when your highest one of your highest paid athletes on your team just doesn't show up to work and doesn't give an explanation as to why? That's what this is about. It's not about he's distracted by this over here. It's about that he has just totally blocked out this. He's paid too much money to sit there and just totally ignore everything that's going on on this side. That's all. This is something that Cleveland Cavalier fans have been dealing with since Kyrie was a rookie. He is an individual. And we're all individuals, but he's like a power individual. Like he's a quote unquote free thinker, doesn't go with the flow, likes to rock the boat. That's all cool. You know, he doesn't just believe whatever somebody says. He does his own research. I'm with all those things. And I don't really want to regurgitate what I said yesterday, but I will say this. You know, when you have responsibilities as an employee, because like it or not, they're employees. They play basketball. Sports players are employees for the team, for the franchise that they play for. Um, And furthermore, when you're a star player, you do get a lot of leeway. You get a lot of wiggle wiggle room. I mean, that was evident what the Rockets were doing with James Harden. They gave him a lot of wiggle room. When LeBron was with the Cavs the first and second time, hey, man, I'm having so-and-so on the private plane to this game. Why? Because I'm the star of the team and I can do that. So they're making reservations for Kyrie because he's a super talent but when you take advantage of that and you push it to the edge that's when things go left if they're embracing your uniqueness and they're embracing the person that you are you can't turn and then crap on them by basically saying pulling a no call no show because you know what happens when you pull a no call no show in everyday work world you get fired you know what I'm saying now obviously there's a lot of money involved with Kyrie Irving. You can't just simply just say, all right, we're going to cut him or whatever the case may be. But you can find him. You can suspend him. You can trade him. You can do all those type of things to try to get to the bottom of the problem. I've been a person that says maybe Kyrie is just an unhappy individual because it doesn't seem like he's dedicated to playing the game of basketball slash his career. Like, you know, we joke and talk on the radio for a living. This is our career, though. Like, So we're dedicated to it. And people just want to see the same dedication from Kyrie to do his job. And his job is playing basketball. Now, all the social justice reform, all the great things that he's doing in the community, of course. Who isn't with that? Who isn't for somebody giving millions of dollars to kids? Duh. That's awesome. We all know that's I awesome. I hate that. <laughs> but when you turn around... And crap on your rookie head coach, crap on your organization, pull a no-call, no-show, leave your teammates in the wind. That's a problem. I saw Stephen A. talk about he would uh, trade him or said he should retire. Said he should retire, Said he should retire. You talked about possibly uh, trading him. I think all those things should be on the table, man. Um, I've never been a big Kyrie guy um, because of things like this. When you say you don't want to be robbing to LeBron's Batman when you've been in the NBA Finals multiple years and LeBron James has made every 
everything possible, well, not everything possible for him, but made every sacrifice to make, hey, man, you want to dribble the ball, a maniac, and take all these off-balance shots, I'm going to back you up. I'm going to allow you to be a free will player and do what you do, and I'll play the back end to you. But in crunch time, give me the ball. Like So, like, when you have the best basketball player on earth on your team and that ain't good enough for you, then you go to the Celtics and they surround you with a whole bunch of young talent like a Tatum, like a Brown, that ain't good enough for you. Now you're playing in a big market, a super, I mean, it's New York City, man. It's New York. They got the cool uniforms. They got the all-black uniforms there in Brooklyn. Brooklyn's a great happiness city. They got all this behind them. You're playing with Kevin Durant. And you're not happy now. So is basketball making you happy or is fighting social injustice who's going to make you happy? Is that going to make you happy as a person? Then do that. Don't waste everybody's time. You're not wasting my time. I'm going to enjoy the association regardless. But you are wasting your teammates' time, your coaches' time, the Nets organization's time. You're wasting a lot of a lot of people's time. Like This ain't no come in and come out type of situation man you can't just i feel like playing this week i don't feel like playing i don't feel like playing this week it's either you're in or you're out or if you do have some type of mental issue because there's nothing wrong with having something you know that things that you need to work out personally there's nothing wrong with that take the time away and do do those things but you do have to let your employer know those things so you can to go take care of them and so they're not left in the wind yeah and i think that i mean at the end of the day they invested so much into these three that even even if you to count your losses, I'm telling you, even if they start winning, Kyrie comes back, you know he's going to check out at some point. And what would be the worst thing in the world to have happen is for Kyrie all of a sudden to catch to catch a bug close to the playoffs, and then it's like, oh, you know what? You, you know, it, I just wouldn't I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't risk it. Uh, and then you got to think too. Think about what Kevin Durant did. Like, let's be clear, Kevin Durant didn't go to the Nets, and then Kyrie got there. Kevin Durant went to the Nets knowing. That his Robin was going to be Kyrie. Yes. Or maybe he told him he could be Batman. I mean, this is like what goes. You know, so, but think about like if you're Kyrie Irving, like you don't have any sense of feeling for other people. Like there's, it's just weird. There's a disconnect between him and, and people. And I don't want to make it sound like a horrible person because what he's doing is great. Like he's using his platform, but at the same time, you're using your platform, but you're also cutting out your platform at the same time. I, that's what I don't understand. But think about what you got, what you convinced Kevin Durant to do. Kevin Durant left Steph Curry. Clay Thompson. He left a dynasty. You like you convinced him that hey, that was special what you did. Let's go. Let's go do our own thing over here. You convinced him to leave. The, you convinced him to leave the the stable relationship. The the you know he was a happily married man. Okay, they were him and his wife were making tons of money. They were happy, but you were trying to convince him that hey, let's go just do our own thing. You got him to divorce her to go be with you, and then you you pull the plug on him. Like, you can't do that. Like, that's messed up. Like, it's really messed up, big picture. Good for the Nets for pulling the trigger to get James Harden. I think Harden, ultimately, he's going to get back in shape. I think he he was your typical distraught NBA mm-hmm. player, just mad at the front office, whatever. He's going to be committed. He's going to get back in shape. Nets are going to win games. I'm just worried Kyrie's going to be the one that brings him down. To the Facebook, re- look at the NBA music. We got our NBA music ah. as we close it out here. Absolutely. The association. The association. Uh, so uh, Tyler Schroeder says, trade him. I wouldn't trade Kyrie for a box of cookies. That's what I was just going to ask Girl you. Scout cookies, though. I Whoa! What kind of cookies? I mean, we're talking... Mm. I don't even know the name of the Girl Scout cookies, but like the... the, the Shortbreds. Nah, those are good, too. But the coconut ones. What are those called? Ah! Boo! Samoas? Boo! Is that what it is? Yes. Greatness. Shortbreds. I'm a shortbread guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know uh, they're selling Girl Scout cookies online this year. They're not going 
door to door. COVID ruined it. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Josh Nichols says uh, Kyrie will be fine with KD and Harden. The NBA regular season before the All Star break is like the NFL preseason. Um, I mean, maybe they'll be fine talent wise. I mean, people are talking. I heard like Jay Williams this morning. This is the the greatest construction of a roster we've ever seen on paper in the NBA. I've learned. Look, when LeBron, D Wade, and Bosch didn't win a title their first year, like there's too many examples of teams that have been put together that look like super teams on paper that just they didn't mesh. You had Gary Payton, Carl Malone, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. You had that dynasty that couldn't get. I mean, they couldn't win a fourth NBA. They could have won a fourth title in a row, and they got better. That roster was better than the three that they had winning the damn title, and then they still they lost to a not a bad Pistons team, just not an overpowering Pistons team. But anyways, I don't care about that. My point is, too many examples of super teams that don't pan out. I don't trust this one. Of all the super team rosters, I don't trust this is like the one that I look at and say, if I had to put money on it not working, I'm putting on it to not work, if that makes sense. Uh, Eric Pugh says uh, Kyrie is a flat-out camp. Who's going to take on that contract, and who's going to take on that headache? Like, look, man, I don't... At some point, people are going to realize, like, man, this just ain't worth it. The juice ain't worth the squeeze, man. It's like you're you're more of a headache than what you're producing. His next landing spot will be the Clippers. Ty Lue. This Paul George Kawhi thing ain't going to work. Woo! PG and balling. They're going to get desperate. Well, PG always balls during the regular season. Not last year. He was he was bad all last season. I know everybody look at the bubble, but he was bad. Playoff before. P? He, he was horrible in the bubble. He was just bad during the regular season. But he's been balling this season. All right, Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. But that was finally the big, that was the first big domino in the NBA to fall. We we do go again. We're just waiting. How about Oladipo, by the way, out of the Pacers? You know, Dan Dockich, one of my favorite host personalities, like he just goes, he's always ripped Oladipo. And everyone's always like, what's wrong with Oladipo? And I I don't follow the Pacers well enough to understand like what was going on there. But he constantly just said the the guy just doesn't have the juice. He just doesn't have the, the, the drive. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, he didn't like it. But Indiana, I, he, Indiana crime. He, he went nuts. He went nuts and super excited. Well, Dockage is always taking shots at Indiana one way or another. You know, <laughs> he's always finding a way to, you know, whatever. All right, folks, uh, we'll be back in a moment. Coming up on the other side, we'll get back to the NFL playoffs. We will open up the phones though. Four five seven nine four six four. We're going to grade on the other side of the break. Quarterbacks one through eight. The best quarterback remaining in the divisional round of the playoffs. All the way to number eight, the worst quarterback in the divisional round of the playoffs. That's coming up. We'll get to Dayton Flyers talk around the corner as well. Sully from Talking Out Loud. He's going to hop on with us. Flyers victorious last night. Flyers are rolling again. We'll talk about that in hour number three as well. Don't go anywhere. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash next. Live here on ESPN Dayton. Wing AM. I don't know about you. I'm not a fan of... Uh, you know, Rob Manfred. I, I would really love to see that make a change at that at some point, right? Like, I don't think I'm in the, in the basement of that alone when it comes to my opinion on Rob Manfred. And uh, I think we know, I think I'm starting to see a path to who the next Rob Manfred's going to be. Major League Baseball just announced that they have hired former Chicago Cubs president Theo Epstein as a consultant to on-field matters. Now, again, that's still a gap between that. I, I could see Theo Epstein moving up those ranks and being in that position at some point. Wow. There we go. That's that's amazing. That is. Because everything that we heard about Theo Epstein is taking a year off to be with the family. I, I think this but is But I a, guess this job you can do from the home from home, but I mean I, I but I do think that this is a sign of a path to him going down that road at some yeah. point. I mean I, I you know, I think the league needs someone like him. I saw that they are very close to the the, the discussions of banning the shift are really starting to pick up. My problem with that, that's lazy. 
like to me, the fact like baseball is lazy with that. If you are really going to change a rule, like apparently because it, it must be easier to change a rule than it is to expect the best baseball players in the world to learn how to hit away from it or to heaven forbid freaking bunt. You mean to tell me that we're going to have to change the entire rule of baseball about the shift because the best players in the world aren't skilled enough to lay down a damn bunt along the third baseline? Are you kidding? Like, I think that's pathetic. Um, I'm not a fan. Like, the zone in basketball, like that, that, that's lazy. Why would you take anything like that away? If teams come up with a concept to stop you mm-hmm. from scoring, that's the whole purpose. Sure, it could be ugly, yeah. but you know what? What do you do? I mean, when a team plays zone in basketball, I mean, hopefully you have the three-point shooters, but my, my goodness, if teams keep playing the zone against you, you're really focusing. I mean, we got we got to become a better shooting team, right? And I mean, you they've know, started running. Bottom a, line, they ran a boxing one on uh, on uh, Steph Curry. They're running a boxing one on him now because they don't have any other shooters on the team. But it's just one of those it's, things. It is what it is, though. Like that's a strategy. I I I'm, I hate the shift because it makes the game ugly, but not because the shift is ugly. Like we're we're blaming the wrong people. You're mad at the wrong people. You're mad, you're you should be mad at. The managers, you should be mad at the the construction of these rosters who have a bunch of guys that don't know how to hit along the third baseline who can't lay down a bunt. All right, enough of that. Like it's ridiculous. It's so lazy. To play devil's advocate, what if them eliminating the shift is basically the same thing as them eliminating the hand check in the NBA? I don't think that. I don't think there's a parallel there. To me, the zone defense versus the shift would be the parallel. There would be the same thing. I know what you're saying, like, but I, I don't think those equate to one another. I'm just saying, uh, like, like the concept of the zone and the shift are the same thing, right. like you know. But I mean, if it, what if it makes the game more exciting and brings in more casual viewers to say, like, all right, well, if you can't shift, that means that ball is getting through the gap. That means we get more runners on base. That means more runs are coming in. Like, what if this basically makes the game more enjoyable, more palatable for the everyday casual fan who isn't watching 162 Reds games a year? Like, what if this is bringing in me to watch a baseball game that isn't my team? Well, here's why I think we'll never be happy as sports fans. Um, for instance, I'm not getting into a 90s basketball debate with you like <laughs> yesterday. Basketball in the, in the 90s is boring. It's too low scoring. You know, it's too, it's too low scoring. Uh, you know, football. Oh, no one wants to watch a 17-14 to 14 final. We want to see them air it out. We want to see touchdowns. And then what happens when we start getting high scoring? Think of all, we hate the NBA. Why? Not me and you. Why, what's the main complaint about the NBA? They don't play defense. Right. They can't play defense. The rules keep it because, like you you just said, you adjust the rules to allow more scoring because we are trained to think that, oh, well, more scoring equals more exciting play, which is going to equal more viewers, and that's not the case. If, and, that, and if anything, it deters viewers away because they they're tired of watching the basketball when no one plays defense, right? Like the diehards like me and you are going to watch no matter what, but no one, the biggest complaint about the NBA is they don't play defense. I don't want to watch that. What's the big complaint about football? You would think that, man, lots of touchdowns. That's great. What do we? What's the conference we hate the most in all of football? So, well, the SEC for jealousy reasons, <laughs> but in legit, the Big 12. I hate the Big 12. They don't play defense in the Big 12. I hate the Big 12. The Big 12, I mean, what's so hard about playing defense? You would think that that would be, you would think that the branding of the Big 12 would be the best brand of football in, foot, in college football because why? They score so much. Baseball, I have a hard time believing that by banning the shift, all it's going to do, it might lead to more runs, but to me, I think it's going to make the game look uglier. I think we're going to sit there and say, oh, man, runs are up. Pitching's bad. 
defense is bad. You can't stop anybody. So, you know, you are a million percent right. But the mindset of, oh, we got to alter a rule to allow more scoring to happen, that's going to lead to more viewers. That has been debunked for decades now. We hate the Big 12 because they don't play defense. People hate the NBA now because they average. I mean, we, talk, we looked at the points yesterday. The top seven teams in the NBA average 110 points or more. The number one defense in the NBA gives up the best defense in the league is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They give up 101 points a game. Go Cavs. That's the number one defense in the league. They give up 101. <laughs> that's insane. And we're looking at that saying that's great defense. So my point, Kev, is that, yes, you can alter rules. That is going to lead to more scoring. But I think that it's flaw. It's a flawed mindset to think that more scoring is going to equal more viewers for that very reason. Baseball, uh, you know, we used to think that the home runs, you know, chicks dig the long ball. We used to think that home runs was going to equal more ratings. Uh, people say, well, that's why the steroid era was so great ratings-wise, because look at all the home runs that were the, the last couple of seasons, there has been more home runs hit in each last couple regular seasons than any regular season during the steroid era. And ratings are down. You know, there's more home runs being hit in today's game than at any time before. And more people are checking out than checking in. So I definitely agree with the with what you're saying. I, I get it, but I, I don't think... I think that's one excuse people use as to why you should change rules. But it, does, it never leads to it. We hate high-scoring anything, no matter what we say. No matter what we say. Like hockey... If they scored more more goals, it wouldn't become more interesting. Like, I don't think I don't watch hockey because they don't score enough. I just don't watch hockey because it's not interesting. Soccer is not interesting. I don't know. Your thoughts? I don't know. I think that baseball in general, they need to continue to tweak the rules to keep people interested in the game. And if this is one of those things and it might bring more viewers to it, I say do it because you're not getting new viewers in. Like, you're getting the same people watching the games all the time. Like, I am not going to watch a Tuesday night game with Minnesota and name your random team ever, ever. I don't think I've ever done that in my entire life. But, oh, Cleveland baseball team playing anybody, oh, I'm tuned in because it's my team. But an NFL game, like this this Ravens um, Buffalo game, I'm locked in, baby. I ain't got a root interest in either one of those, but it's going to be entertaining game. I was locked into the Washington football team in Tampa Bay because I wanted to see if Chase Young was going to actually touch Tom Brady. He didn't, by the way. But, like, yo, I'm locked in on those games. I'm, I mean, look, look at this. The Nets, whenever they play the Rockets, you don't think I'm going to be watching that game to see if Boogie Cousins lays out James Harden when he comes to the hole? Like, those are things that I'm locked in for. I'm just not locked in for baseball, and I'm – grasping at things or reasons to watch baseball on a regular basis that doesn't include the team that I root for. I just don't know what those things could be. Like, baseball is a sport that needs fixing. I just don't know what those fixings is because, obviously, the low-hanging fruit is, well, shoot, they need to score the ball more. They need to advance runners more. Let's have some more fun out here. But I just don't know if you can do that in baseball. Yeah, and well, ba- I mean, I, I think baseball's biggest issue is probably the most simplest explanation of them all. It's just they don't have they have good players. They don't have they don't have superstar players. They don't have brand. They don't have name brand players. Uh, people always assume that just because you have great stat- you have players who have great stats that that means that those are your superstars. Like I don't. I mean, Mike Trout 
statistically on pace to be one of the best of all time. I don't look at my. I don't think there's a who is the superstar in baseball. I don't know if they have one. Who is the LeBron James of baseball right now? Who is the Patrick Mahomes of baseball right now? I don't think baseball has one. I really. I'm not trying to stir the pot here or or get into a heated debate like yesterday. I think that's their biggest issue, Kevin. I don't think that the the shift rule is why. I don't think that you don't know, think Mookie Betts is entertaining. I don't think that non-football fans could tell you who Patrick Mahomes is. Non-basketball fans could tell you who LeBron and Steph Curry and these guys are. I don't think if you, na- if you mention the name Mookie Betts to a non-baseball fan, I don't even think they could tell you what team he's on. You don't think Tim Anderson is entertaining? Like, I mean, like, I'm just going no, off me, of highlights. We, I'm going off a of highlight. I don't, I don't watch the White Sox. Like, but I do watch his highlights. He smacks the heck out the ball. He makes great catches. Like, those things are entertaining to me. Um... So I would; I, those are the people that I would watch. So is it actually their talent and the things that they're doing on the field, or is they don't have those personalities? Because no mistaken, LeBron James has a personality to go along with all the great things he does on the basketball court. Like he backs it up on the court, obviously. But then, like, oh man, he's LeBron James. Like he dresses cool. He's in all the cool commercials. He's got a movie coming out. He's in Space Jam too, man. Oh, Patrick Mahomes. He's always on TV. He has cool commercials. He got commercials with Aaron Rodgers. He got the hair commercials with Troy Palomalu. Like they have all these extra things going for them. I just don't see a lot of baseball players having those well, personalities. Let me ask you this: What makes does the commercial make the player popular? Does the player make the mm, commercial the chicken to the egg? Because you see the well. It's not fair. The NBA players, they are always in commercials. The baseball players are not. You realize that when commercials are going to pay top dollar to have a superstar in their commercial, that there needs to be a return on investment. Right. But if I see Trout on Subway and he's dry, just like a Subway sub. Yep. But that. So is it is it them just not having personality? Well, that's why I'm like I don't think that they have a. He's just a good. Ba- he's a good is disrespectful. He's a great baseball player. But just because you're great at something doesn't make you interesting. I don't find Kawhi Leonard interesting at all. If LeBron retired today and our only hope was Kawhi Leonard being the face (laughs) of the league, we're screwed. Tim Duncan, no one will argue the greatness of Tim Duncan. But if, you know, if there was no Kobe and no Shaq and Allen Iverson and Tracy McGrady and those guys post-MJ... If Tim Duncan was the face of your league, they were screwed. Like that that's why I just think that, you know, we I get tired of when people say, Oh, there's great players all over baseball. Fans are missing out. It that doesn't matter. It, no matter what activity there is in life, someone is always the best at it. There's mm-hmm. always going to be someone that's the best at it. You can always go out and, and find someone that's the best at something. But if they don't have a draw, if they're not interesting, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter. We've seen less talented people like Trevor Bauer is as much as he drives me nuts, he's he's trying to he's figured that out. Right. He drives me nuts, but he knows that baseball's biggest problem is no one knows who the hell these guys are. Right. So Trevor Bauer is obnoxious, but he's only obnoxious because I'm used to watching baseball in a certain way of these players not going outside the box. Trevor Bauer is going outside the box to get people to know him. He has his own YouTube channel. Right. He has his own shows that he does. Him and his agent. I mean, they do so much of the social media stuff. They literally, if you ever go on Facebook, you'll notice. He literally ha- he sponsors his own Facebook page. Like he he pays he pays <laughs> to dope. push his page out. He's doing things that most guys don't do. But I'm thinking back to the 2000. Like Sammy Sosa, non baseball fans knew who he was. Kids wanted to be Sammy Sosa. Sammy Hop. The Sammy Hop. Um, Ken Griffey, superstar. Ken Griffey. Perfect you swing. know, even old Ken, older Ken Griffey that wasn't great at anything with the Reds. He was a draw. I don't know who the draws are anymore in baseball. And the other argument, and we're going to get to our grades in a moment. Sorry, folks, we're all over here today. But, and I've argued this for years, even when Schlemmer and I were doing the show. I said, you want to know baseball? You know, this is how I would fix baseball. 
LeBron James plays in every NBA arena throughout the year, mm-hmm. west or east. We can watch him in Cleveland once a year. We can watch him uh, at the Pacers once a year. We will get to see him one way or another. We got to see the Astro. No, yeah, the Astros. We got to see so Justin Verlander. Those. We probably saw Justin Verlander for the final time here in Cincinnati last year, two years, two seasons ago. And he probably has another two to three years left. We'll never see him at Great American Ballpark again. I think it is absolutely ludicrous that Mike Trout well, does not play in every ballpark every right. single year. The Yankees should be at every ballpark every year. I know people have heard me make this argument before. But I think the draw is that LeBron plays in everything. Now, the NFL, people are going to say, well, Tom Brady doesn't come to Cincinnati every year. But the NFL is a cash... It, it's not broken, so we don't have to make that adjustment. But the NFL is on every channel. It's on right. every sports talk show. It is interesting. Baseball's not. Yeah, it's only 16 games. Yep. So, that, you know, that, that that's my big thing is I think that Mike Trout should be at Great American Ballpark every year. Aaron Judge and the Yankees should be at Great American Ballpark every year. Um, we get to see Mookie Betts and the Dodgers, you know, and all that stuff. That's fine. But, I mean, like, it's, it's amazing to me how many stars we don't get to see at Great American Ballpark every year. I think that's a problem. You're alienating half your fan base, and you're wondering why – I don't know who these guys are. Mookie Betts, he should be the face of baseball. But I promise you, if you go to a non-baseball fan, they're not going to know who he is. But non-basketball fans will know who LeBron is, whether they like him or hate him or whatever. Same thing with Patrick Mahomes. I think everyone knows who he is, mm-hmm. or even uh, you know Aaron Rodgers, guys like that. So that's, I mean, I, a lot of tweaks could be made. Don't get me wrong. I agree. But I think it, it really just comes down to star power. It's not what you're watching. It's who you're watching. Yeah, that's I, fair. Michael Jordan. I'll watch, you know. He came out of retirement. He's a draw right now. And he's, he would be horrible, but he's a draw. You know, I don't know. What's the dude from San Diego? The young kid from San Diego with the, I can't remember his name. Justin Herbert? No. And that, ain't, that ain't San Diego. That's the L.A. Chargers Right, for the Padres, the young kid out there that's raking. But I think you're right. I think it's the personalities and the star power because, I mean, we can go back to Barry Bonds. You know what I'm saying? Like, as big of an a-hole as Barry Bonds was, he was a draw, and he was a guy that people watched and wanted to see if he was going to hit the home run, if he was going to cut somebody out, all those types of things. You don't get that in today's baseball. I know mm-hmm. I'm going to sound like a homer, um, but like I, like Francisco Lindor looks like he's having fun. Like I love watching Frankie play baseball. Like I like watching Tim Anderson play baseball. Like I just can't think of too many guys that I really want to watch play baseball is baseball is in trouble, man. Like you got to get more casual fans to tune into these games, man. Nope. I agree. And uh, here's another example. Boxing, like boxing is the sport. Like it, it, it has a little bit of life every once in a while and then mm-hmm. it dies again. Uh, I love the, the, uh, you know, the, the wilder fight, you know, mm-hmm. from early, about a year ago at this time, which seems like ages oh, ago. So the last thing I did before the Rona, but, like, there's boxing matches on every weekend. There's boxing going on every weekend. Um, and there's really good boxers, Kev. But, again, like, that goes back to my point. Just because there are bo- boxers who are really good, it doesn't mean that they're a draw. You know, golf. Tiger Woods. You know you know how many golfers are, you know, they're, they're fantastic golfers right now. They're, there's no draws in the sport. That's why the only way, you know, when the rating for, for Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning and, and uh, was it Tom Brady and uh, Nichols and Phil all coming together, they, because those two are draws. There's not. There's not. There's no Tiger Woods. We know this, duh. But boxing. How about that celebrity boxing match a few weeks, a few months ago? I mean, it was a YouTube star against mm. Nate freaking Robinson, and that was more interesting than some of the main event boxers that are in the sport today. So it's not what you're watching. It's always who you're watching. We are watching one of the best baseball players of all time in Mike Trout, but he's not a draw. He's not interesting. Some people are probably saying you're crazy. He's a draw. 
but you're probably not the target audience that baseball's trying to target. They, they're trying to target the casual fan. The diehard fans, of course, know who these guys are. Right, yeah, they're not. Yeah. They're, they're targeting me. Yep. <laughs> like, they want me to come in and watch more baseball. They're like, hey, he kind of likes baseball. I can honestly say I've never seen an entire game Mike Trout play. I mean, I know. Like, I catch the highlights. He's always hitting the ball. And then it doesn't help that when you get to the postseason, the games that you know everyone watches, yeah. his team's never there. Right. That hurts um, as well. All right, everybody. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here. Well, I mean, we will grade these damn quarterbacks at some point, <laughs> right? I mean, ADD Kinner just is not staying on track here today. The Dayton Flyers got a huge win last night against Duquesne. And again, at, at certain points throughout this year, it feels like, man, this is a lost season. This is, forget There ain't three, man. Like They're, they're fine. This team's fine. They have flaws. A lot of teams have flaws. This team was not going to be the number three team in the country again like last year. They got a big win last night. Games continuing on to move forward. We're going to talk about that and more Dayton Flyers content with uh, Sully from Talking Out Loud. When we come back, don't go anywhere. Catch the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. You can catch it live right here on 1410 Wing AM or you can stream the show at wingam.com. But now we have another way that you can take in the show. You can now watch the Justin Kinner Show with... It's the 1410 ESPN Radio 10K Payday. Head to wingam.com and enter the winning word for your shot to win $10,000. Your winning word for the hour is white, W-H-I-T-E. Enter the winning word white at wingam.com. All right, Justin Kinder, Kev Nash, back with you here on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station, 1410 Wing AM. It's the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash, which you can catch weekdays from 3 to 6. Uh, listen, stream, and now watch. Listen at 1410 Wing AM, stream at wingam.com. And, of course, you can now watch us live on Facebook and Twitter. The Dayton Flyers got a huge win last night against Duquesne, and uh, the Flyers do. They're not eight and three; they're seven and three. All right, seven and three on the season. And uh, excited to bring on Sully from Talking Out Loud, which is coming up immediately following our show. An entire hour dedicated to Dayton Flyers men's basketball talk. Sully, welcome in, man. Listen, so seven and three. The sky's not falling at various points throughout the last month or so. It just has seemed as if, oh my goodness, this is just you know, forget this season. Let's just get out of this season. Seven and three is not bad. I know that the bigger picture, the goals is you know at large and everything. But right now, this is just about this team clicking and clicking at the right time. Yeah, I like the tone that you started me out on this afternoon. I really do appreciate that, man. You know, if it's Thursday afternoon late, we're talking Dayton Flyers hoops, and and you decided to put it in the spin zone and go positive because you're right. Um, I've been too negative lost. lately. I'm trying to mix it up a bit. I yelled yeah, at I, mean, I yelled true. at Kevin yesterday. Got really uncomfortable, <laughs> so I'm trying to be nicer to people <laughs> today. <laughs> It, you know, it's um, it's funny you say that because I, um, so I just got done writing an article. I kind of wanted it to be fresh when I got on the air with you. It's on BlackburnReview.com. Go ahead and check it out. All right, I, I write periodically, but radio and uh, podcasts pay the big bucks, as you know, so I stick to that mostly. But, you know, what I wrote today was that there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about the Flyers. Um, you just have to accept that they're not going to get in that large bid, right? Like, it, it kind of comes with that understanding because the way you look at it is, yeah, they're seven and three, right? Um, could they get an at-large bid if they ran the table? Yeah, sure. Could they get an at-large bid if they lost maybe to St. Louis on the road, VCU on the road, just them? Yeah, maybe. But here's the thing: this team lost to LaSalle and Fordham. Like you, you can't forget that. And what I'm saying is, 
you just you don't lose those games and then automat and then just like magically run the table through the A10. Like there's going to be losses. There're going to be ones we might not expect. Um, but you know that's that's kind of where I start because you're right. The season's not lost, and honestly, the way that I look down the schedule, you probably have three or four more losses. Right, so with 13 games left, you go nine and four. That puts you at 16 and seven. That's that's a fine season with what we've had to deal with. It's just not great, and it's not an at-large resume, which is always frustrating. But again. All the fan base has to do now is reset the expectations to finish in the top four of the league because you and I both know how often do you hear around Dayton, Ohio, we should be in the Big East. Why aren't we in the Big East? Well, you know what? If you are looking for a reason why the Dayton Flyers aren't in the Big East, if they finish outside the top four in the A-10 this year, that's all the reasons that you need right there, case in point. If you can't dominate the league you're in, you can't move up to another one. And I got bad news for people. We haven't won the league in three years, and they're not probably not going to win it this year. So I just, like, I caution people to just say, hey, your expectations are different, but the baseline level, like the basement, is finished top four in the league. And that's what we're fighting for right now, right? Just earning respect and keeping respect among our conference foes, man. The identity, well, what's the identity of this team? And to be fair to them, I mean, look, you lose uh, Chase Johnson in the middle of the year, and of course that's right around the time you get Elijah Weaver. You know, Blakey was or Blakey was missing some time. So, I mean, the identity of this team is what? Because last year we knew who they were. There was no doubt about it. Who is this team? What's their identity? If someone from outside of this market called you and said, All right, explain to me who the Flyers are, Sully, who the hell are the Flyers? Yeah. Why should, you know, pe- why should teams fear the Flyers? Who are they? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody should necessarily fear Dayton. Um, and, you know, you, you get that moniker when you lose to LaSalle and Fordham. And a lot of my answers are always going to go back to that. It's like you can't truly be respected when you lose those games. You just can't, all right? Um, but if you're, if you're looking for, like, what's their identity, it's finally starting to become a little bit more clear. And there's good and bad coming with that, right? We'll start from the most obvious. Jalen Crutcher and Ibby Watson have to lead the ship every single night like there's no doubt about it so one of the stats that i wrote down today that i thought was particularly relevant and especially for this conversation is that jalen and ibby have five games this year out of 12 where they had 20 shots or less okay and they were the old miss game where chapman went off the very first game of the year and then the three losses in those five games those guys scored less than 35 points in the other seven games They've combined for at least 23 shots and at least 36 points or more. Most of the time, they're over 40. And guess what? All seven of those games are wins. So it's like, if we want to get the identity of Dayton, let's start there, okay? Crutcher and Watson have to give you at least, at least 25 shots and probably somewhere between 35 to 40 or more points per night because there's just not a lot else there on offense. There's not a lot of consistent scoring. You know, will other guys step up and score 15, 20 points? Yeah, you saw it with Anzil. Stepped in, scored 22. But the formula is what you're getting to. The identity, the formula is that Crutcher and Watson have to carry the load every single night, and there's no room for error. Beyond that, unfortunately, it's negative stuff. Dayton's going to turn the ball over a ton. I mean, they're still one of the worst, top-bottom, ten worst teams at turning the ball over this year. Um, so that's, that's number two. And then number three is because of Dayton's offensive woes in the front court, down low and rebounding, you've seen it the last couple of games. They've kind of abandoned the offensive rebounding. Um, but what I'm hoping for is that this turns into quicker lineups, 
with more guards, we play at a faster pace, we get a little bit less deliberate, take the open shot, and I think that is the recipe for success. Now, is that Dayton's identity right now? No, but we have a large enough sample size, 10 games, that, you know, hey, this is how we're going to be successful, right? Uh, so the one player that's really, I mean, and again, that's kind of come onto the scene, and I guess you could say he's kind of saved the day a little bit, too. Amsel's been fantastic, right? Like, I, I yeah. mean, that's the way. I mean, because right away when Chase Johnson left, I think a lot of eyes went right to Weaver, right? Because there's a lot of buzz about him coming in. It's like, well, if, yep. if Johnson's out, Weaver's going to have to step up. But it's been Amsel that's really come in and kind of helped fill the void. And actually, he's kind of added a different dimension to this team a little bit. Uh, again, like I just feel like right now we still you talked about who what their identity is. We just don't necessarily know. But as I said, it my it's my power of positivity day today, Sully. If you are going to be learning lessons along the way, it's better to be le- learning lessons about your team while winning than losing. Like if this team was three and seven, it's hard to fall. It's hard to swallow a lot of these things they're going through. But they're seven and three. That's again my power of positivity. That's how I'm trying to spin it at least here today. Yeah, no, and that's fair, man. Um, you know, like I said, you have to get over the initial talk that, like, hey, we're not going to get an at-large bid this year um, unless something absolutely unforeseen happens. But you know me. I like to keep it realistic for people and tell it how it is. And I, I don't like being wrong, so I try to be right as much as I can. But, yeah, you're right, man. I mean, uh, you know, Amsel came in against LaSalle, which was on the 30th. He still has yet to score less than 10 points. He's had double figures in every game. And even more encouraging is that his turnover numbers are, are typically pretty low. The two losses, he turned the ball over three times. The other three games, he has two turnovers. And um, and that's really been the most encouraging part for me is that not only does he have a very high basketball IQ for a freshman, he's a guy that just he does all the fundamentals. You know, he's got the good footwork. He knows how to position himself away from the basket. He's a good shooter. He knows how to spot up. He's got a quick release. Um, usually those are things we're talking about when guys have, you know, 20, 30 games under their belt. They're juniors or seniors. Um, this kid, is, he's like fresh off the boat, you know, and it, he, he was in high school for what, like three weeks or something yep. like that? Literally, like, just got to the States. And, um, you know, I, I just can't believe that he's been so productive for us. But the other thing that I said last night is, um, you know, Weaver coming in last night against uh, Duquesne and running the point uh, on Crutcher's absence, you know, that was fantastic. And I think that is the most important thing that I saw last night in a comfortable win. You know, it's hard to take a lot of things away when you beat a team comfortably. But, you know, Weaver stepping in, running the point guard with Crutcher on the bench, that's a huge help because, you know, Cohill, Chadman are out. Those are two guards where you probably have guard depth. But now that we don't, Having this guy that that comes in, he's eligible, he's productive, he's, he's you know he can shoot too, and he, and he can slash to the rim. Um, I think that's been as great of addition as any. And um, you know, there's plenty of reasons to be looking up for this team. As long as you level set with me that the at large is, is out of play, we can have some fun with this season. And hopefully, you know, we watch the Flyers go top four. Yeah, and look, and that goes back to. And I've always said this, too, and this is why like people never understand my frame of mind when I bring my hot takes to the table, is you know, when you have seasons like last year where you're the number three team in the country, you should always, maybe the, the, the fair expectation is not to remain the number three team in the country, but damn it, you should be building off of that, and your expectations should be a lot higher than, well, having to win a conference tournament to make the tournament. So I understand completely when you, have, when you become critical of the team in yep. that situation. One more point of positivity here, and then I'll go back to my typical negative self. Imagine... <laughs> Like, I, I know this sounds crazy, but thank, thank, thank goodness for, for COVID, right? Like, uh, hear me out. Hear me out. If COVID doesn't happen, 
You are not. We're not seeing Elijah Weaver play. Amzil's not no. playing. And this team would be in a whole lot more of hurt because because of the COVID stricken season, they lifted uh, the transfer you know rule with everything, waiving everyone's you know year of eligibility for this year. I'm t- like this team would be in deep mess in a deep mess if they didn't have that rule lifted for those two this year. Man, yeah, you're spot on. I was actually thinking about that today when I was writing writing my article, um, just about like how the fortunes kind of did favor us a little bit this season after we had some bad stuff happen. Because mm-hmm. uh, we had, you know, literally Weaver stepped in at the perfect time. Like Blakeney went down, Weaver stepped up, uh, Chase Johnson left school, Amzil stepped in. Like we literally had two of the most perfect additions at times when we desperately <laughs> needed them, right? Um, but, you know, to finish up on just, like, reasons to look up and reasons that the season is going to be decent here is that, you know, we talked about how bad UD is at turning the ball over, bottom 10 in the country, right? Well, their offense is ranked top 60, okay? Their offense is 59th. They have effective field goal percentage, which takes into account, you know, all the field goals, three points and two points. They're 12th in the country, 57% from the field, right? Three-point percentage, they're 42 in the country, Two-point percentage. They're 14th in the country. They're also shooting free throws, 38th best in the country. All those numbers I just rattled off underneath the offense were top 60 or better. So if the Flyers could cut down their turnovers, even by 25%, you know they're going to give themselves a chance to win in every game. So I, I tell people that if they can clean up the turnovers, this offense actually has, has some players, has some shooters, and has some pieces that are going to be very productive for the Flyers down the stretch here in 8-10 when they need them most. Look at you going beyond the Kenner stats, you know, the simple points per game and the rebounds per game. Look at you stretching out and educating everybody. I, I, I like that. I like that. All right, man, talking out loud, coming up immediately following the show. What can people expect on tonight's program? Uh, yeah, so tonight's program is uh, is our rapid reaction of the game last night. Um, so rarely do I get the opportunity to, to record something like right after the game and then share it with people on the radio um, so that it's fresh, you know, it, just because – uh, we haven't really played a, a lot of Wednesdays where I get to do my show on Thursday. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be me and, and Drew and Blackburn, the contributors of Blackburn Review. We're going to be talking about the game last night, kind of what you can look ahead for, and uh, give you the A-10 rundown to give you um, a little bit of perspective on what happened in the conference last two days. So that's what we got, man. All right, man, good stuff. Uh, we'll do this again next week. Talking out loud coming up immediately following this. Uh, coming up on Sunday for the Flyers game again, you'll be doing the Talking Out Loud pregame show as well. That'll be done uh, you know, on our social media pages too. So we have a lot of uh, fun content coming everyone's way with Sully talking out loud in uh, Dayton Flyers content. So looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, looking forward to Sunday, man. Talk to you soon. Adios, man. Appreciate it. All right. Yep. The Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. We put a bow on the show on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash next. When you bundle your home, auto, and life insurance with Allstate, you could save. What if I bundle my auto, home, and life insurance? Well, that works. How about my home, life, and auto insurance? However you want to bundle it, Allstate can help you save with it. See just how much you can save when you bundle in the Springfield and surrounding area. New year, new job, new pay rates. Ritzhall North America LLC in Urbana has immediate openings seeking experienced assembly operators, welders, machine operators, paint unloaders, and paint loaders. Ritzhall offers a minimum starting wage of $15.30 per hour with a $1 shift differential. Justin Kenner, Kevin Nash, back with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. 
NFL divisional round of the playoffs is uh, going to kick off this weekend. I'm pretty pumped. Look, there's a lot of good. I mean, th- this is a good playoff field this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Like, it's easy to say the Chiefs. I'm not doing this to bring up the Brown thing. I'm just like, like the Chiefs are the favorites out of the AFC. You look at the NFC. Who? I mean, who? The Packers. Packers. But or... every team has a flaw. Like, I, I don't look at the Buccaneers as a for sure thing. They're the sexiest on paper, right? Like, <laughs> are they? They do have the best defense, right? Well, no, Rams' best defense. They have Donald, Aaron Donald for Sunday. They haven't said for sure or not. So that that'll dictate that. Like my upset of the weekend in the AFC. Obviously, you know me. I'm picking the Browns over the the Chiefs. Um, but uh, I think the Rams beat the the Packers. Mm. I think the Rams beat the Packers. Like I, I just do. I I mean. The Rams are going to be that team that annoys me that they, they're going to get to the Super Bowl and they're the least interesting. Like, of all the teams remaining, they're the last team I want to see get to the Super Bowl. But I do think that they are the more, they're the quietest one. And sometimes when you're the quietest of the bunch, sometimes, like, the Seattle's like that a lot. I mean, hell, when they were making those back to back Super Bowls, they were quiet. Like, they weren't looked at as Super Bowl favorites. But that defense is why they quietly snuck their way into the Super Bowl two years right? And I could see the Rams potentially doing that too. Yeah, the Rams got the defense and Jared they got Goff the running game. Too. Jared yeah. Got, yeah, and you know, to be perfectly honest, last week them knocking out the backup killed Seattle because what Jared Goff, even though he had a broken thumb, he was able to check them in and out of the right plays. Yeah. Like, all right, we got a run call. They got so many people in the box. No, we're checking to a run, and that killed Seattle on the ground. Like, uh, I think Acres ran for like one forty. So, and that's Green Bay's weakness is run defense. So they're going to be pounding the ball. Every team in the NFC has a flaw. Like there, there's not one. I mean, to be honest, every team in the playoffs right now has a flaw. Like there's not one perfect team. Well, to be fair, the Buccaneers I think are the most well-rounded offense and defense. Like I think they're the most well-rounded team that's remaining. But I think the strengths of other teams, I put them ahead of Tampa. Like I, I mean, I'm I'm really into this Saints-Bucks game this weekend. All right, as we close things out, it's time to grade. Or rank, I'm sorry, the remaining quarterbacks in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Kevin, we'll let you go first. Again, we're live on Facebook. We're live on Twitter at 1410 Kenner, uh, K I N N E R, at 1 Kevin Nash, at ESPN Dayton, Justin Kenner Show on Facebook, ESPN Dayton on YouTube. We're everywhere. So go, we have the graphics up. The, we're ranking our quarterbacks from number one to number eight. The eight remaining quarterbacks in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, our best quarterback in the field tour, the worst. Kevin Nash, give us your list. Number one. Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, uh, MVP of the NFL, high potent offense, and he leads that offense because their running game is very middle of the pack. He's got a lot of weapons to throw to. I'm rolling with Patrick Mahomes, number one. Oh, oh, it's just all me. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Number, number two, number two, Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, probably the MVP of the league this year. He's out here throwing dimes. He has two tight ends to throw to. Um, now they have two running backs they're running with. And obviously, they have Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in the league. So I'm definitely rolling with A-Rod, number two. Number three, the surprise guy, Josh Allen. MVP caliber year. Um, not only is Josh Allen throwing the long ball, but he's accurate. That's something that he wasn't in his first couple years. He's accurate now, and obviously him teaming up with Stephon Diggs, showtime. They've been putting on the show, man, so he's coming in at number three. Number four, the GOAT, Tom Brady. Rolling with Tom Brady at middle of the pack because, you know, he's had his good games, and Tom Brady's also had bad games this year. I mean, we all remember the whole fourth down thing where it was really fifth down, and they were off the field. And he's also had great games like he had against the Detroit Lions where he 
put up like five touchdowns in one half. So he has peaks and valleys. So I can't say that he's a Tom Brady that he used to be, but he's still the GOAT, and he's still very dangerous. So he's coming in number four for me. Number five for me, my guy, Lamar Jackson, uh, MVP of the league. Last week he got his first victory in the playoffs as a starting quarterback. Threw for more yards than Ryan Tannehill. Ran for more yards than Derrick Henry. That's insane to me. I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan, so I got him coming in at number five. Number six, the one and only, your guy, Mr. Baker Mayfield, the leader of the pack. And when he's the leader of your team, that energy that he brings, and he's just got it right now. He's playing real good football right now. And the Browns are very dangerous because Baker Mayfield is playing good football. You know, we only look at, you know, all passing numbers and touchdowns and everything like that. Quarterbacks have a lot of responsibilities, like we were talking about with Jared Goff, checking you in and out of the right play. You know, when they run those bootlegs, sometimes those bootlegs are checked into bootlegs. Instead of giving to the running back, he's keeping it to dump it to the tight end for like a 5-10 yard gain. Those are key plays. You know, second and five versus second and ten is a big difference. Baker Mayfield coming in at number six. Number seven, Drew Brees. The reason I got Drew Brees right here. Disrespect. (laughs) Because this is Drew Brees this season. This isn't Drew Brees for his entire career. If we're talking career-wise, Drew Brees probably be like number three. But this is Drew Brees right now. And number eight, Jared Goff. We already talked about him being banged up. Had surgery on that thumb. He's out here still in the playoffs. He's still alive, unlike a lot of other quarterbacks. Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, five interceptions. Jeez Louise. Anyway, Jared Groff coming in dead last, but he's still playing unlike my quarterback. All right, there you go. Again, we are right now closing out the show by ranking the remaining quarterbacks in the NFL divisional round of the playoffs from number one to number eight. For Kevin Nash, one more time to recap his uh, his top rankings. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, no, no doubt about that. Patrick Mahomes comes in at number one. Aaron Rodgers, two. Uh, Josh Allen, three. Tom Brady, four. Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, four and five. And then, I'm uh, sorry, five. Five, Five and six. six. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't count today. And then Drew Brees comes in at seven, and Jared Goff comes in at number eight. Our rankings slightly similar, slightly similar. Uh, definitely. I have Patrick Mahomes coming in at number one, Aaron Rodgers at number two. I honestly, you could really put Tom Brady at one, two, or three. Like, I, I statistically, Tom Brady is as good as Patrick Mahomes, whether people want to admit it or not. We talk about Tom Brady as if he's in this Michael Jordan to the Wizards stage of his career. We talk about Tom Brady as if he is in this Pat, or Peyton Manning to the to the Broncos stage. This dude threw for more yards than any, or he threw uh, more passes than anyone else in the NFL. You hear that, Ron? You hear that, Ron? Six hundred showing your team love. Six hundred pass attempts. He completed four hundred. Like this dude, like they they didn't they're not hiding Tom Brady. They didn't put all this talent around Tom Brady to to make up for his deficiencies. Like Tom Brady, I, I still don't understand how he's not the MVP. Now the more I'm looking at these numbers and thinking about it, this dude is 42 freaking years old, 42, and he has more like he has more pass attempts than pretty much everyone else in the league. He has more pass attempts this year than anyone in the playoffs right now. Like, it is insane to me how we talk about Tom Brady as if he is on the back end of his career and he's playing better than half these cats in their primes. It is unbelievable. So I have Tom Brady at number three, but I could honestly put him at two. And I, you just can't not put Patrick Mahomes at one, though. Like, he's he's on another level. But I should probably, in fact, I'm doing it now. Tom Brady, I'm switching. <laughs> I'm switching with Aaron Rodgers. 
uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady are my one and two. Aaron Rodgers coming in at number three. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Th- these are th- the three best quarterbacks in the NFL. No one's even coming close. I still have Drew Brees at number four. When I'm ranking my quarterbacks um, of these playoffs, it's also who I feel comfortable with in the playoffs at this point. Drew Brees, I would still feel comfortable with. Veteran quarterback could still sling it at times. The Saints aren't calling on him workload-wise the same way the Bucks are Tom Brady. But I trust that that you know he can get it done. He doesn't turn it over. He's efficient. He's completed 70% of his passes. Uh, he's not throwing as much as he has in years past. He's injured. He's missed some time. I still have Drew Brees at number four. Josh Allen coming in at number five. Uh, you could argue Josh Allen could be at number three. He could be at four. He could be at two. Josh Allen has been as effective and as dominant as the guys in front of him. He is that good. He's new money, though, so I I, I got to keep the veterans ahead of him. But he has been as good as those guys, Kev. Like, there's no doubt about it. I think you put him on the Saints, I think they're right where they are. You put him on the Bucks. they're right, well, maybe. Tom Brady's been balling out. I, you put Josh Allen at the Packers, I think they're the same type of team. I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has been that much better than Josh Allen this year. Josh, the reason we, because we're used to seeing Aaron Rodgers play at this rate, we I still think, look at Josh Allen with a little bit of like hesitancy. I like think it's because as good as the Packers were last year, Aaron Rodgers was still just kind of like middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. But he turned it up this year. Like he turned back into a young That bad yeah. man. That he Stephen turned a. back into that guy. Yep. So we're like, uh-oh, if Aaron Rodgers is going to play like this, we all, I think we all agree he's probably like the most talented guy we've ever seen play the position. But just something about Aaron Rodgers, man, that he's he's incredible. Uh, Sean Boland says uh, Bradley or that Tom Brady is actually forty three. Yeah, he's forty three. He's even 43, better. Forty three. My God, Tom Brady's forty three years old. Uh, so Patrick Mahomes one, Aaron Rodgers two, Tom Brady three. Switch them out, whatever. Drew Brees four, Josh Allen five. I have Baker Mayfield at six. I have him ahead of Lamar Jackson. Um, Lamar Jackson, I'm not saying he's bad. For me, my preference, I'm going to take a quarterback that's not going to turn it over, that can pass the ball. He's efficient. Everything that Baker was in a year ago, he is now. He doesn't turn it over. Um, and the reason is, is because Lamar Jackson, for me, Lamar Jackson, for me, he... Th- he- He's a quarterback. He's the he's the best athlete of all these guys, no doubt about it. But my goodness, when you can't when your quarterback can't even throw for more than two hundred yards in the playoffs, you're not getting it done. You're not going to outduel Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Even if you're running for if if Lamar Jackson runs for 130 yards and two touchdowns and only throws for 120, the Chiefs are beating you by 21. Like you, you have to be able to move the ball with your arm. I know people say, well, what's it matter if 300 total yards through the air on the ground? What's the difference? I don't really have a great counter for that, to be completely honest with <laughs> I was you. Just about but to I ask think you it's that. more about a gut thing for me of like I just I, would, I don't trust with. it. It's, I, do, it's, I don't it's trust it. What you're comfortable it. with, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so I have Baker at five, Lamar seven, and then Jared Goff. Man, more power to you. But this dude probably has the best chance to get to a Super Bowl because of his defense. <laughs> because of his defense, but he's the most boring of them all. The one thing about these quarterbacks, they're all interesting. Every single one. All we talked about baseball not having a draw, Kev. These cats all—they're all a draw. The, yeah. Every one of these guys except Goff. I would pay to go see and watch, especially Baker. No one's better than Baker. <laughs> All right, Who's folks. the most exciting out of these dudes? Patrick Mahomes, Lamar's just – but you got to catch Lamar in a good game. He's not exciting every game, but well, he was exciting last week. <laughs> I don't know. All right, folks, that wraps it up. Talking Out Loud with Sully coming up next one hour dedicated to Dayton Flyers men's basketball talk. That is coming your way. Have a great night, everybody. We'll do this again tomorrow. We're one day closer to the Browns beating the Chiefs. Have a great night, everybody. Don't roll your damn eyes. (laughs) You just can't help it. (laughs) Being mean to me, man.